Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and today it's the Dubbing R396, it's NXT UK Report, and I have the pleasure to be joined by Monty, how you doing man? I'm doing good, well I'm, I'm happy to be back again here, talking about NXT uh, UK this time, so I, I'm ready man, Just as always, it's good to join you. We've been doing this a lot recently, so I just I'm ready to just get into the swing of things. Like it's just I'm used to it now. It's almost like it's coming. Like I just know, all right, well, James is coming up this weekend. Let's get it going. Or, you know, whenever we're recording it, let's get this going. And I think this is gonna be another fun show, another fun review. So yeah. let's do it. And like I said, the people listen as well, do not worry, Monty's being fed. And of course he's got something <laughs> to drink as well when I do release him just to do the weekly pod. <laughs> That 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 you know, I, that's all I'm forced to. I'm just forced to agree or comply with that message. I can't, I can't confirm or, or deny if it's true. <laughs> <laughs> you must comply. Uh, but anyway, it's great to have you back on the show. Like I say, Monty, you are as part as WNR as anybody has ever been, and such a huge part is like I said, looking at NXT and NXT UK, and we have six episodes of NXT UK to catch up on. But it's not. Not as bad because, like we said, they are kind of manageable chunks of an hour. Unfortunately, yeah. we have got one episode of NXT O. Uh, <laughs> so we will. And the people have asked, and I will say, we'll do shout outs in you know the next month. Or, the amount of emails that have said, I've never seen you guys or been so positive about a subject. And then two months later, <laughs> just the complete opposite. It's They have broken our spirit in NXT. And I really apologize. It's a strong point. We were very, I, I noticed it too. We were very positive for a while there. We genuinely was, in, we was enjoying even the little things that other people probably hate from NXT. And now it gets to the point to where 2.0 itself makes my skin crawl. So yeah, I understand. The thing is, is that we're sticking to it at this moment in time. Oh yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. Like Sucker for pain here. Sucker yeah. for pain. We've got NXT, NXT UK, we've got the latest on the network, but first, the news. And one of the most shocking news that I spoke with Jaxie about last time was, of course, the fan that attacked uh, Seth Rollins. Uh, I mean, <laughs> what, what were your thoughts when you first saw it? I know it's a couple of weeks ago now, we've got a little update. Yeah. But what were your genuine reaction? It's always shocking. I think that it's just hard to not, it's hard to, I don't want to sound cliche, but it's hard to not just be, completely just shell-shocked when you see it because you're never expecting it uh especially and then with the speed his run-in and the intensity it almost for a second there you i thought this was a planned thing until you realize what really was going on so uh initially it was just straight shock but obviously after figuring out what was going on after seeing it all the way through and listening not only to what's going on online about it but just getting more information in general uh, it's just obviously just unacceptable stuff. Like you don't go when you get to the, get when you're lucky enough to be at those shows. And I know you pay your hard on money. We have a, a lot of people, especially in uh, in America. I know a lot of people who are very always going to be proud about the money they spend somewhere. So some people feel like that means they get to do what they want, say what they want, and that's just not the case. And for some reason in Brooklyn that night, uh, they were just extra rowdy. And this guy right here, obviously was taking it way too seriously or whatever was going on. I don't know. 
all the details. All I know is that that's unacceptable. You never jump the guardrails. You're putting yourself at risk. You're putting a, the, the wrestler at risk. And now, you know, I saw a lot of people having things to say about how self look. I know some old school, you know, a lot of people with the old school mentality feel like self should have just straight up, you know, destroyed them. And I know personally myself, what I feel like I would have done probably wouldn't have been professional. So I always get, got to give self all the credit for being professional because they would have asked me, Monty, why did you, why didn't you stop hitting the man? That's, that's my logic. That's how I uh, work through things like that, because that's a threat. You, when you're running at me like that and you, like I said, self-handle it the, the correct way. And anybody who has anything bad to say about the way self-handle it, I don't really want to hear anything from them because I don't see how you can do any better than what self did, especially coming right, coming back out there later, playing it, playing it into his entrance being obnoxious self Rollins that we all have coming to either know him and probably still hate even more, or you love him. Like I've been, like I always have been able to appreciate Rollins. And, uh, it, it was just a moment. Uh, I, I will say this is also funny. It's always funny to me when things happen in wrestling and I see it pop up in other medias, like randomly on TikTok. other people who are not fans of wrestling were just, and listening to them give commentary about what happened and how it looked to someone who doesn't know what's going on is hilarious. So that is probably like one bright spot about it. But other than that, yeah, unacceptable, stupid fans. Uh, I don't know what's been going on with something that was going on in the NBA uh, in America with fans and just like people getting kicked out of gangs for saying stuff, doing stuff. So I don't know what's been going on since post-pandemic. I don't think people are appreciating the privilege it is to be at these shows now. I know uh, – uh, you know from from experience, and a lot of people, especially in the UK, like we just talked, we're gonna be talking about NXT UK. They're just recently getting people back into the BT Sport Arena. So like taking that, obviously, a lot of people, some people are just not taking that seriously at all. But yes, it is a pandemic still going on. So it's just a, a a huge list of reasons why what the fan did is just unacceptable. But at the end of the day, that was it was just crazy. It was crazy. I don't know if it did anything for Raw's ratings, but. You know, it was interesting. It was an interesting moment. I did say it stuck out on television. <laughs> the, the, the thing about it is the commentators didn't know how to react to it. And yeah, and looking back now, it's probably the most successful, and this is a horrible thing to say, <laughs> but most successful yeah. fan running to, to get right. that distance and speed. like No one ever gets and, that close without people hanging on to them. By well, especially you know? WWE. And, and when my, you know, WWE used to see it back in the day and yeah. other independent promotions, but not WWE. It's like how brazen. Security, man. And this thing I've heard as well about, <laughs> oh, WWE fans reacting like this. No, it's not. All right. It's not WWE. It's not AD. It's just one person. And apparently right. the person himself I was asked. I shouldn't laugh because it's it's a fucking most stupid thing to do. And again, the yeah. serious side, you know, he could have had a knife. He could have had a weapon. We just don't you never know. know. Exactly, it was a legit threat. It was a and, legit threat. So. Well, he spoke with the New York Post and said he's apologised to WWE. He told the outlet, "I apologise to WWE for my actions. I had a legitimate beef." But as a grown man, I could have settled it in a different way. If I saw him today, I wouldn't attack him. Um, the called, so-called legitimate beef, will say, uh, says he met Rollins at meetings. He interacted with him on WhatsApp, uh, although he interacted with him to be Rollins. Right. Um, he was asked Rollins for helping launch his own wrestling career and basically um, 
was giving him money, three grand check for the cars that bounce as well. And the man said he was just trying to help Finn Balor as well. Uh, my plan was to help Finn Balor. I'm a fan. I, I like his attitude. I like everything about his career. So I saw what he did and I ran and I speared Seth Rollins. And I busted his lip open. He caught me in a headlock and I broke the headlock. And I was trying to get him. And the guards got us apart. It sounds like the guy really resents. Right. Um, really, really, you know, realises what he's done wrong here when he's saying this. Um, obviously, the guy is delusional. But... I was just about to say, delusional. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's there... just so delusional. And for me, it's the excuse of social media. Sam Gradwell likes a few of my Twitter and our Twitter like that, right. but I wouldn't then see him at a show and be like, you and me are best mates now. <laughs> you know, exactly. like, we live together. I... You know, it's, it's not... Yeah, no, um, no. I mean, what else can be and, said about it? Yeah, and then invading space and physically threatening... It, and everything he says about, like, uh, you know, the whole financial thing. Uh, yeah, people get scammed on social media all the time. But, you know, so, like, that doesn't excuse jumping on someone while they're doing their job, all of that type of stuff. You know, not trying to figure out other ways. To, I've seen, we've seen wrestlers, celebrities, I've seen wrestlers and celebrities try to track down the people who are scamming these other people and or try to, you know, at least speak out against it. You never know. It could have went so many different ways. So if that was legit an issue, it was obviously better ways to handle it, but then he negates any of that, any any sympathy you could possibly feel for goes away when he gets all delusional and talks about him helping Finn Balor. It is a show. You're not a part of the show. You're not helping Finn Balor. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, so like, he, like he doesn't want negates... the hot tag. If you go for right. it, yeah, tag me back. People <laughs> say, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> right. Like and then and like I said, if Finn was included in that segment, guess who would have been hitting him also? Finn. <laughs> if, if you would have been right him. there at that moment in that in that area, Finn would have been beating him also, and then he wouldn't have been a fan of being a Finn anymore. So like, <laughs> like help I, Finn go and get Bobby Lashley or something like that. You know, go get Brock Lesnar. <laughs> go get someone like that. Oh, uh, he knew better. I think they know better about that. Bobby has done some despicable stuff. I, no one is trying that. <laughs> no I don't what, like Bobby. his aura. That's, that's, that's about. Oh, God. Um, well, anyway, we move on from the ridiculous to the, the scary, as it was, because Stephanie Mann uh, was all over in the UK. And, um, well, this is basically what she said. She said, we're free to uh, Triple H and her. Do- they are 15, 13 and 11. And the oldest one was eight years old. Mama, I don't want your job. Daddy, I don't want your job. I want Pops, Vincent Mann's job. So just like a grandfather, she wants a boss. And we'll see what happens. And her, my oldest daughter has already started training. And my youngest daughter is also very interested in all about the personality. What do you think of... Triple H and Stephanie's daughter <laughs> beating Charlotte Flair's reign for women's championships. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, like, what are they going to go with? Uh, is, you know, uh, is it going to, if, if she wrestles with the McMahon name, which we pretty much can guarantee, or, you know, uh, any reference to her father, which, like, again, we can guarantee. Hayley Hurst Helmsley. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I would not be surprised if it's any time. Like, it, exactly. It, we can see it, and I would not be surprised. You're not. You're right on point, uh, especially with Charlotte. At that point, Charlotte will have about 35 reigns, and uh, it'll be, yeah, it'll be a, a classic WrestleMania moment, and 
Oh my goodness! Can you just wait, wait till the internet trolls about that one? Oh my god! <laughs> They're gonna. Oh my goodness! She's gonna, and you know what though? I really do hope the best because you know wrestling is obviously in their blood. And let's just be real. Even though Shane McMahon has done a lot, he's jumped off a lot of things. Stephanie has uh, has been in you know big time moments. You know, like with the Ronda Rousey match. That's probably probably one of the highest rated McMahon matches I think I've ever seen. So. <laughs> Think about it, though. We're going to actually have a McMahon who's good in the ring. <laughs> we hope. You know, like that, they're great at getting heat and stuff, but like we actually may have one that can wrestle. Until can you she, believe she, it? She hits a pedigree, just waits a minute to pin every <laughs> Oh, man. She has, to be, she has to have the promo style of her father with uh-huh. the, you know, the over-exaggeration of... <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I am. Uh... <laughs> and for so, even though Lemmy's passed away, they have to give her a Motorhead song. <laughs> Way too young to know anything about Motorhead, but <laughs> it's, it is scary, though, when we think about it. Um, talking, uh, talking about ring wrestlers and stuff. Like, it's a sort of picture as well on Instagram. Uh, we spoke about off air. We're talking about now uh, Volta. Uh, getting into, well, a lot of rumours going around. Rumour has it that uh, he's going to be on the main roster. Uh, he's main roster ready anyway, but with this look, do you think he's just trying to iron out all the kinks before he makes that move? Yes, I believe if the, if it is any truth to that and he's, you know, meant for the main, I believe uh, this is an attempt and I don't blame him. I think Pete Dunne also did something similar because I don't, I'm going to be honest with you. I think Pete Dunne now with his physique, apparently he still may not get the respect that he may deserve because of height or whatever it is that whatever quirk Vince finds foreign, whatever, you know, Vince, whatever. They have a lot of quirks. So it just depends on how he, how they're feeling. But I think with his physique now, he, he has a better chance than he had when he was the original bruiserweight run. If you see what I'm saying with the physique, same thing can be said for Volta right now. I agree with you. He was 100% ready already. But what we, we what we have seen, WWE still, you know, whether it has anything to do with the physique or whatever it is, they don't necessarily do. They're not the most consistent when it comes to booking the, the unconventional looking guy, even when their money like a Volta is. You know what I'm saying? And so with that being said, I can understand him wanting to slim down or, you know, tone up at least, at least look more impressive. You know, to go along with that 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 height and that stature and that hard hitting style, you know, I think I think this can help him uh, make an impression. I don't know if that if this gonna mean he's gonna last long or he has a better trajectory, last longer or he's gonna have a better trajectory on the main roster. I'm not sure because there's still other hurdles that you have to get around once you make it up there. Mm. You know, even if you have everything, you know, you still can go left at the. You, you never know on the main roster. But, but th- th- yeah, sorry. I, no, I'm just saying, but I can definitely see him setting up the building blocks to make his road a little bit easier. I think he's got to, you know. I think if he's going to go to America, likes to have this chance. And if Vincent yeah. Mann really wants a heel, as he's tried to cross and he's tried with uh, Keith Lee and, and others, all you do is have Volta do exactly what he did with the NCUK then, where you have the music, you have that entrance, and then he chops, you know, or Jack Stars, as it was, who's still got the handprint of that slap. Uh, the top. <laughs> just hit them. Hit whoever it is. Our truth, no matter who. 
hit them as hard as he possibly can with that chop. Yeah. And everybody will know how serious they're. But like you said... But how many times have we hoped yeah, that I they wouldn't say, change a thing? I was going to say, the, the, <laughs> the conversation in two months' time of Volta has been released and it's a real damn shame. We've done that speech in a chat too many times this year. Yes. You know, even with massive stars like, you know, Bray Wyatt or Braun Strowman to people who were future champions like Keith Lee or Karrion Cross. It's, it is crazy. And this is a question, though. We talk about great, you know, the, the biggest stars in WWE history. Which WWE star has the highest win? So what wrestler is the highest win? In history. Uh, I don't, you know, it's, not, it's tough. It's always, the first person to come to my mind is Brock Lesnar. But in recent years, he has taken a couple more losses. So that percentage may have taken a hit. So I'm thinking Brock Lesnar. I know he's up there, uh, but who who is number one? I, I, I I'm not it, sure. It's a bit of a cop out. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. It's no because they are uh, second on the. Um, oh no, so he's second on the overall. Uh, right, so the per- the man who has had the most wins. This is just male perf- highest win right. percent of a man who has wrestled 25 matches for WWF, ah, okay. WWF and WWE at this moment with 90 days. Sweet. <laughs> your man. That is you see? sweet. And what, can yeah. we just, we don't really talk about Raw Smackdown a lot. No. What the fuck are they doing with David Priest? <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> <laughs> see, and, and here we go again. I, and I may mention it later. Uh, changing stuff for the sake of changing things. Like, I understand that they're trying to show that it's two sides to to him, I guess. But it, you know, they. I felt like he was doing okay anyway. And like I said, I don't know. Maybe they just want to add their own little twist to his character, or whatever it is. But you know, when they give him a chance and they do do what, uh, you know, just let him wrestle and do what we what we come to know him capable of from his time in NXT and before that. He shines all the time. Doesn't matter if he's face. Uh, and like I said, I don't. I'm not sure if this is leading to a possible full heel turn or you know this Jekyll and Hyde. Some people like it. Some people are enjoy- enjoying the Jekyll and Hyde is like when he snaps. I don't like it because the only thing I don't really like about it is because I really don't like how every week basically I'm just waiting for one thing to make him snap when it really should be like now. If you're telling me every time the ring the bell hits. Every time the match starts, and then he snaps and something. Not, not that he needed to go all fences on me, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's more aggressive when the bell start, rings. I get that. But for him to start doing irrational stuff, getting DQ'd at the, at the pay-per-view, which was kind of, you know, foolish to me. It, it is what it is. I don't know. I'm confused. But like you said, he has been very, very protected so far. I'm glad you gave me that stat because it, it does make sense. Because it's pretty much, I think, Shinsuke was his first. Anything, right? If it is considered a loss, right, or something, maybe yeah. he lost tag too or something. But I know Shinsuke was a DQ, so that's not even really a loss. So they're doing a good job protecting him. And the bad thing is about this, I don't necessarily know how good the build of Priest has been because I've just been comparing it to a lot of the failures. If you see what I'm saying. So, uh, but so far, is no, they haven't, they haven't get went to the point to where he can't return from. Yeah, because they well, they sometimes they do that and they just make you look like a joke and you never can return from it. I think Priest still looks strong and that's at least you know a positive thing to think about going forward. Yeah, especially when the character works, you know. But this is the problem: the character works, and then they're going, 
oh, do you know what? Let's change it. And he go, no, it's actually getting a good reaction. If you're not careful, the kind of goodwill he's built yeah. up will then be taken away and it would just be a kind of... And then when they do turn him back face, it would be kind of a Roman Reigns trying to, you know, put uh, push Damien Priest down our throats. Uh, the person with the most wins, winning 94% of her WWE matches, is, of course, Ronda Rousey, which is uh, not right, really surprising right, when you course. consider um, how... Undefeated, been. pretty much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, that's out. so, we move on to WWE Network. Of course, we always try and have a look at the Broken Skull, a uh, new Stone Cold one. This is Jeff Hardy. Have you managed to catch any of it yet? Yes, I did. I was able to watch it, and uh, it was a good watch. Another great conversation from Austin. I love it. Again, like I said, I love when he gets a chance to talk about people who are kind of doing it currently. And Jeff is kind of – Jeff Jeff is the perfect guest for Austin because he has the history that Austin can go back from and reference and, you know, do, do what he does best. But he also has what's going on currently and what he's been doing the last decade and what's been going on with his life personally that they that, that, that allow Austin to be able to delve to that too you know what i mean and like so i think hardy is just always a good person when it comes to these long form interviews you know uh like oh my goodness like finding out how much he made when at first his very first WWE weight like (laughs) knowing he was underage like it's just it's just great insight to all the little things i think if you're a fan like me you've been a fan of jeff hardy a long time you may have known about these things you may have heard about but it was cool to hear his perspective directly from his mouth and of course with Austin's questions and the way he does things it always adds an extra layer of entertainment this was a very very good watch yeah I mean we've heard much of Jeff's stories um uh, as we know you know folks on TLC and stuff like this and I did I do love Stone Cold because he didn't seem that impressed when Jeff was talking about career goals and Jeff's going well I do have an idea and Austin's just (laughs) you can hear him go like Jesus Christ I'm just good so done um it's like you talk about it's always interesting with Jeff mentioning Matt kind of doing the business deals where it would be when they were, you know, working dark matches, like squash match to being signed. And you think about the WWE talent uh, uh, turnover now, you know, the Hardy boys were 1994 there and didn't get their break until 99. It just wouldn't happen now. They, actually, the closest we got is Aaliyah or Numph who went up from NXT to SmackDown. Apart from that, it doesn't happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it, uh it's crazy to me how much little, you know, history that he was a part of. Uh, also, another thing, the fact that, you know, it makes sense when you think about his presentation usually and reason why they kind of always kind of throw Jeff kind of into that same role that he's always been. But the fact that he don't really talk to Vince about what he's doing, you know what I'm saying, about what he's wanted to do over the years. So that means that just lets you know all of the, the good things that went for him is because of how popular he was almost. It wasn't any backstage, you know, this and that. It wasn't even the fact that he was suggesting different ideas. It was just the fact that every time he opened up that curtain, the love that everybody shows Jeff Hardy till this day, by the way, is just on another level. And that helped him also, uh, you know, kind of. Yeah. What did I say? Along the way. Jeff's got the likability factor about it. It's just saying that he was even yeah. when, like, you know, young and whatever it is, that kind of the closest, maybe Darby Allen now, just kind of a thrill-seeker yeah. who even said in TLCs, they just said, oh, Jeff will do the big bump. You know, we can put the match together, whatever it is, and, and then give it to Jeff uh, to do afterwards. And you think with, with Hardy, he even talks, you know, the match against the Undertaker, the ladder match, and then, you know, kind of dropping the ball and being released and always kind of being... 
you know, quite straight up about his his problems. Yes. You know, uh, they um, even brought up the uh, the Sting match. Man. I, again, <laughs> I went back and watched it because it was like it gets forgotten about. Yes, talk about. When you the, the expression "no condition to perform," <laughs> <laughs> that is the definition of it. Exactly, you can just see it from the moment he steps out of the curtain. It's like no way he does not need to be out here, you know. And it, it, yeah, the fact that he's always been open about that, even talking about the actual planned original finish of it. Like a lot of people, you know, may not you know want to do that, may not want to discuss those things and all of that. And or be as open about where they were at that time in their lives. But again, like you said, he's just an open book. And that's another thing that adds on to that likability factor. Well, there's a couple of other things as well that I took away from it. And when he said uh, watching wrestling as a kid, uh, you know, and, and touching the hands of his, his favorite guys, whether it be Sting or whoever else like that, which is very interesting consider Jeff's incident was with Sting and the look of disgust on Sting's face. Um, but anyway, he said that at that point, the rest of his career, he wanted to make the fan feel like he did at 12 years old. And luckily, I've had quite experience, good experience to go and watch Raw and SmackDown when it comes over in the UK, uh, you know, for the past decade or so. And there's only one wrestler that I've seen actually stop and go to interact with the crowd and everything like this behind the cameras and everything like that. Yeah. Off air. And that was Jeff Hardy. And I was taken aback because I was like, he really didn't need to do it. And he took his time to you know meet all the kids, even with the crowd and signs. You could just go back and just blank it and, you know, look at Randy Orton, look at CM Punk. Right. And yet Jeff's going around right. and doing all this. He's, he's just quite a nice guy. Yeah, and you wouldn't, and I don't even think he even knows how big of a legend he is to, to us. Like, as, as like you said, to, to, to go back to his story, all of us, especially me, because I was around five and six years old when he jumped off, when he, when he was speared off the top of the ladder, uh, off the top of the championship he was hanging from, from Edge. Like, I was, like, you know, right in that age of, of your most susceptible to falling for this, for this art form that we love. And Jeff Hardy is at the forefront of that. And I don't even think he understands just how important he was. Yeah, it was Austin. It was The Rock, Triple H, Undertaker. You had all those great stars, but people like Jeff Hardy, I don't, it's almost understated really just how important he was in the attitude era, post attitude era. And, you know, even now in this, in this role in his career, now he's still one of them most valuable. And, uh, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't say enough about Jeff Hardy. And this is, this is a great watch for anybody who did not check it out. Please watch it. You know, whether you're a fan of Jeff Hardy, I feel like if you're not a fan of Jeff Hardy, something's wrong with you anyway. But this this would help you, you know, help that illness that you possibly have. But anyway, well, this is say, and <laughs> but there's a couple of things, and it's great to see the clip of him knocking himself out when in the on the hard ring. You know, you see him trying to shoot a star and knocks himself out, and there's a a cavalcade of, of footage from these kind of developmental rings. We've seen it when Kane was, you know, sitting up like the Untaker in past shows. I want to find all that footage, right. all the stock footage yes. of like, the Rock and, and Mark Henry train. Just working. Yeah, it's just, it'd be, yeah. it'll be brilliant. Uh, and also, you know, it's a bit of a shame that I felt like they looked at the TLC Hardy and then kind of, they showed him obviously winning the WWE title and Edge, but, didn't really go into yeah. detail. Obviously, couldn't with a feud. But it's a shame they didn't mention the Punk and Jeff Hardy feud because I think that's the one. Yeah. You look at Jeff's, you know, like I said, I know the Hardys, but single feuds, 
that one in the summer of 2009. And I can't remember shit about certain years, but I know that was Night of Champions <laughs> and SummerSlam. And, and, and if you know anything about the late 2000s, it was other than certain stories and certain stuff stuff, it was rough to watch at times. So <laughs> remembering that, that I do agree. That was one of the most memorable feuds and like a lot of that back and forth verbally, mostly from Punk, of course, to Jeff and like the real life element of it that I, that uh, from years later that it felt like it was going on now. Uh, so I, it, yeah, one of the most prominent feuds that he ever had, especially in one in one-on-one competition. So yeah, it, I, that was an omission that even though I, I, I understand it because I guess, you know, it's no point, but Honestly, they talk about impact, talk about everything else. I don't know if they avoided it because of punk. Maybe Jeff didn't want to go into it or whatever. I don't know. But yeah, that was definitely a notable omission. But other than, you know, other than that, I don't really know. I mean, of course, they could have delved deeper into other parts, but I thought it was well done overall, other than, you know, like you said, small omissions like that. And obviously, the final note from it was uh, Austin asking Jeff, you know, have you got left? And he, Jeff seemed to be saying, oh, yeah, I'm a step slower. I can't move like I used to, but I've got one good run left. Uh, we, I agree. We do need to see Roman Reigns versus Jeff Hardy, don't we? They're, they're teasing. We, we need to yes. see that, man. Yes, uh, on, and that's another thing. So far from what I have been able to see this SmackDown, you know, uh, until recently, he, he was basically just sitting backstage, and you could just hear, even when he's doing nothing, Jeff is the most popular guy yeah. <laughs> on the show. Like he's just literally just standing back there with Nymph and they were like doing nothing and the pop was sick. So uh yeah, Jeff Hardy versus Roman Reigns will be money. I you know, I don't necessarily know if he can beat the tribal chief, but he deserves another shot in the main event spot. And I think he has enough, like based on what he's been able to do since coming back. I thought the, before the injury and all that, I thought the stuff was shameless. Was 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 cool. I, I I know a lot of people didn't like the lines that was crossed, but the actual work and the the the, the fight that they gave like Shane's been killing it by the way along for a while now. He's just been on fire. But uh, yeah, Jeff Hardy I think definitely has enough enough in the tank, and I can't wait to see what they do next with him. Yeah, that's no, gonna be good. so. Now we move to NXT UK like I said a few episodes to catch up on but we should fly through it we start off October 21st of course Addy Shepard and Nigel McGuinness welcome us we kick things off with some uh, women's action uh, we see of course uh, Brookside versus Leia James and the fans fire things up around a collapse both women shake hands for tangling both have great technical exchanges James raised Brookside's Brooksy bomb and rolls her up instead. Uh, James Ray created a major upset on Brookside, which lands self a successful pinfall victory. An upset over Lossia Brookside slaps away Aaliyah James's handshake. <laughs> um, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I, I was really interested in seeing what Aaliyah James brought to the table. You know, I didn't, I don't really know much about her, so it was a learning curve here. And she looked as okay as you can look in, you know, in the time they gave it, it was about six, seven minutes mostly. So it wasn't that long, but I thought she looked good. And it, it was a basic match, but not basic in a bad way. You know what I mean? And so uh, I, I was surprised by the roll-up victory. I was happy that James won, but I was surprised. And Brookside being a sore loser again seemed to be the point of this segment, though. So, And I, and I thought that was well executed because she definitely uh, have not taken her recent – you know, downfalls well. So 
Uh, we'll see where that goes next. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. She needs to change it up a little bit. I like the look of James. She was, like I said, just yeah. starting out. Uh, it was a good see. Miko Satamora refused to uh, think Ginny has any chance of taking the title away from her. Both of them will square off in two weeks. Kenny Williams says all next UK is filled with his insecure boys compared to him. He's ready to create a shock of the lives by becoming the next big thing. And then we get Jack Stars and Dave Massive versus Symbiosis. Uh, primate and T-Bone. We see uh, the NXT UK Tag Team Champions pretty deadly join our commentary. Yes, boy! Uh, Stars escapes that primate and Eddie Dennis <laughs> on the outside to make a desperate tag to Mastiff. Mastiff's in the corner. He then comes crashing in with a cannonball, but Dennis pulls out a steel chair and shoves it straight into Stars' stomach and the ref calls for the match to cue new Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter make the save. Eat baby faces. It's shenanigans, but you got to like it. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good word for it. You know, definitely uh, shenanigans. Uh, I and, and it was this match was solid. You know, there for a while, and you know, you should know by now that I hate DQ finishes. But you know, <laughs> setting up tag team content, you know, setting up new tag team contenders, and like you said, with the chaos that went on, this was what this was great. And uh, you know, and this didn't feel it didn't make the match not completely not not completely pointless because of all those players uh, involved, along with pre- watching. So yeah, this was this was cool. We see Charlie Dempsey looking to continue building his legacy here at NXT UK. Gallus rudely interrupts his interview, and when they walk away, Gallus finds himself in a brawl with Tierman. A Roman Raja. Uh, Supernova sessions with Noam Dar. Uh, Dar welcomes us to the show with guests this week are the NXT UK Heritage Cup champion Tyler Bate and Trent Seven. Well, Seven wasn't actually invited, but he let him stay. Uh, he says he's an unwanted <laughs> for the cup. Dar announces Bate's days as champions are over. Uh, calls Bate lazy. He thinks Seven is weighing him down. Seven stands up and starts spouting off. Bate calms him, returns to the topic at hand, the Heritage Cup championship. Bate Dar saying some final words for fighting shoes. Seven and Shah Samuels holding both back. And that's how soon ends. Of course, next week, Dar will go one-on-one against Bate for the Heritage Cup. I love Dar and Shah. And I think Dar had some valid points. Yeah, I, I love Supernova Sessions, man. And I love, so far, I've loved everyone I've seen. But I, I really like this one because it accomplished the goal of building towards Bate and Dar, of course. But also... Uh, it did a really good job of continuing the tease, you know, that Trent Seven is holding Tyler Bate back, man. That's perfect. That is perfect because just from what I've been watching, as someone who I want, I'm, I'm gonna act like I didn't watch NXT UK at all from before I started reviewing it, and just since then, you can see they slowly but surely are letting you know that, uh, you know, they're they're just teasing it, and slowly, you know, little bit by little, week week after week after week. That they're, they're teasing something between Seven and Bait. Not so much on Bait's side, but you can kind of see the cracks showing in Seven as he's been he's just having a hard time holding himself together, even in this segment. But uh, yeah, man, this is perfect. We see Jordan Devlin get one final workout in for his main event match. Uh, both Mark Coffey and Wolfgang still his gear. I do quite like Galaxy's hijinks. <laughs> I never thought <laughs> the three guys would actually be like, right. goofing around, but it adds personality. Yeah, I mean, you don't expect it. You know, they're threat. They're threats. They're dangerous, but they also, you know, like you said, can have a little fun. It's nice to see they can do that without coming off as goofy and you know and kind of making them look stupid. They don't look stupid. They look like, like you said, well-rounded guys who can kick your ass, but at the same time tell, uh, you know, tell a joke or, you know, be entertaining too. So it, it worked. 
Without doubt, the main event, Kenny Arashase capsizing his first victory over the Iron King in this epic rivalry. Joe Coffey versus Jordan yeah. Devlin 2. Of course, Gallus are banned from ringside. Joe Coffey comes out rocking Jordan Devlin's jacket. I mean, <laughs> not many get away with that. Devlin sprints to the ring during Coffey's entrance and knocks him down. Coffey catches himself, but Devlin scoops him with a short spear, on, uh, who slams back first into the apron. Devlin enters the ring with a cutter. Both men head to no man's land. Devlin comes crashing down with avalanche. Belly to belly suplex from Coffee. Uh, Devlin is reading with Coffee with overpowering fists. Uh, Coffee charges up enough energy for Glasgow send off. And Devlin returns a favour with a beautiful 450 splash. But still not enough. He whips out his Devlin side finisher. And now that does the trick. The Irish Ace has taken down yeah. the Iron King. What were your. <laughs> you know, I, this match is what I come to from these two. You know, like you said, it's been a great rivalry so far. And individually, what they've been able to do since I've been watching, and even Devlin before I, I started reviewing uh, regularly, just great, great, two great wrestlers. And they have great chemistry together, obviously. And, you know, they were giving plenty of time also to do what they do best, man. So, I, you know, you can say what you will about Devlin, in the, but in the ring, he is special. This encounter with Coffee was no exception, and uh, and, I, and like you said, Joe Coffee, awesome. Uh, just had, I, I haven't been, I haven't seen a bad Coffee match. I, I'm a fan, and I, I enjoyed this man. This is a nice little. I don't, I don't know if it's over, but this was a nice little wrap to yeah. that, to that, to that feud. So it was cool. This is a great main event. Devlin left it one all and looked like a main eventer. So it's all kind yeah. of, and like I said, coffee loose. There's nothing in the loss. All right, on to the next episode, next UK, October 28th. My birthday edition, actually. And I Sweet. fucking hate the new NXT UK theme. I mean, I fucking Yeah, I noticed it. that. I was like, is that new? Like, it, it, it was weird to me, you know, you... Uh, I, I I didn't even. I was like, "What is this?" And yeah, it, it, I, I can do without it. But you know, <laughs> it's just it's when they've got a good fit, like Impact at the moment. They've got a good theme, and I know they're going to change it. Be absolute, yeah. and that's what NXT UK have done. But anyway, on with the show. <laughs> <laughs> we got Mark Coffee versus Rohan Marsh. Found something two point has over UK. <laughs> uh, well. T- to be fair, I think that's going to be a discussion for another day about the, the state of wrestling themes, you know. Like, I, even my head the other day, this is Rampage. And I was going, is that really what we've yeah, come to? Yeah, it's bad. It's pretty bad. Even, <laughs> I don't even like, like the fuse. Like the fuse. I mean, I get it. It's fine. But I don't too much care for it. So, yeah, I, just, I get it. You... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we move on. Mark Coffey, Rohan Raja. And they exchange standard switches for Mark takes Rowan down with a straight armbar. Rowan hits an arm break will focus on the injured arm of Mark, who comes back with a clothesline Urinagi in a diving bulldog, or pinning Rohan with a sliding uppercut wins. Yeah. Uh, after the match, Rohan and the team attack Gallus before they're separated by officials. Gallus have been the backbone okay. of NXT UK since the very, very start. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree. And like you said, since the very start, and even... Like, I thought, like, before fans came back also, they leaned heavily on them, and they're continuing it now with uh, with the uh, crowd that's there. And I thought this was a solid leadoff match, man. It wasn't too much, wasn't too special, but it wasn't bad either, you know. And uh, it was brief kind of to me, but at the same time, you know, we obviously Gallus and Tillman's family 
are, are going to have more encounters coming. So based on that attack after the match. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was cool with this and I, I was ready to see what was going to happen next. Yeah, without a doubt. I like Tierman and the family gimmick, actually. I think Rohan looked yeah. fine. A nice hard-hitting opener. Siskala announced there'll be a triple threat match for the new number contender for its UK tag team titles. We see Charlie Dempsey is being interviewed for Gallus Fort Bayern, so they're looking for Tierman. And then we get Amel versus Myla Grace. And, of course, Amel making, oh, well, I say making her debut. She's uh, returned <laughs> after a little while, as it was, hitting a swinging fisherman's net breaker uh, before Myla hit a tornado fall. Davenport comes down to ringside for Amel, drops Myla with a boot. Amel then pins Myla with a hope breaker for the pin and the win. Um, this wasn't a bad match, more about Amel and just saying she's building her back up again. Yeah, this is about getting her back on the tra- on right track, you know, after the Amelia McKenzie, uh, you know, after that situation and also the loss to Mako. So, uh, you know, and I like this match. You know, I thought Grace fought, fought Amel off as long as she could, you know, and it wasn't even bad. And she had her moments also. But, uh, you know, like you said, it was all about Amel here, and she, uh, overcoming her and, uh, and, you know, getting back on the right track. And with Blair Davenport taking interest, interest I uh, – Literally was excited to see what that meant, uh, but as the weeks went by, I started to see <laughs> that she was just going to start popping up everywhere. You'll see. Soon. But here we go. <laughs> uh, backstage, Nina Samuels interviews Leah J. As we uh, go to commercial, I'm really digging. What I think would make yeah. it even better if she had a little <laughs> puppet sidekick. Just slightly yeah. early night, so I go, hello, everybody. I love you, Nina. I think that would just <laughs> so um, Anyway, we see Flash Morgan Webster trying to cheap shot Rampage Brown. Before he's put him up against the wall and said, if he wanted a match, all he had to do was ask. Brown didn't want to piss about, did he, really? <laughs> yeah, oh, I loved it. It's like it's like they told him before, well, we're going to have Flash Morgan Webb, and he just stopped him right there. Like, no, he's not slapping me. We can do this the other way. <laughs> we can do this another way. <laughs> it's just good, good stuff. And then Charlie Dempsey yeah, versus great. Danny Jones. Uh, Charlie controls Danny with a cravat on the mat before Danny comes back with a hip toss and an uppercut. Uh, Danny locks in a bow and arrow before Charlie turns it into a pin attempt, locking in a standing arm bar and sending Danny into the turnbuckle. Charlie then hits a snap suplex before hitting a butterfly suplex into a variation of a cross-faced Ooh. chicken win for the pin <laughs> and the win. What are your thoughts? Everything Dipson does just looks like it hurts like hell. Like, it doesn't, like, it just don't matter. Like, every every little... Move. It's no wasted motion from Dempsey, man. I, I loved it. You know, no flash needed. He goes right at you from the start. And, you know, he don't have usual, like, even though I thought, I think, even though I think Danny Jones is fine, and I thought, at, you know, this is probably like a squash match to establish Dempsey some more, which it was, but it's not your usual one. It's kind of like his first match when, you know, still a competitive technical contest, but at the same time, uh, the way he does it, the way he wins, he's just so impressive. And the way he just looks so vicious while at the same time everything looking crisp and, and, and cool. Like I said, the future is Charlie Dempsey. And this match, even like what, one to three, two, three matches into his career now in NXT UK, I can, it's obvious that he got big things on the way. It's obvious. Well, out. Uh, first off, nice work by Danny, but not since the greats like Jackie Palo and uh, McManus and even Johnny Saint has this style been worked 
so well by day. And for me, it's yeah. so enjoyable to watch. Very, very bit effect. You know, uh, the people going on about, you know, Brian Danielson, the kind of way he's working at this moment in time as well. Like I said, with Dempsey, that start I could watch all day long. And I feel that's a part why the NXT UK uh, means so much for me as well. Uh, we get Miko Satmore and Challenger Ginny next week with a video package and also a video package for Isla Dawn as well. And then the main event, NXT UK Heritage Cup Championship match, Tyler Bate versus Noam Dar. And round one starts off with the two gradually lock and exchange wrist locks for Tyler locks in the cravat and takes Noam down before he gets to his feet and takes Tyler down with a side headlock takeover. One of the things I was thinking it was Dar mind games because you think with certain wrestlers, all yeah. oh, they're known for this, but Dar, it's got to be up there with how he gets in the wrestler's head. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, like you said, it's, it's not the, the the usual type. It's not the whole. It's not the. I know they used to always say Undertaker play mind games. It was all. It's different ways to do it. I think they even said Bray Wyatt. A lot of the creepy stuff he did with mind games. It's all types of ways. Everything he does is just so good and it's like he, he gets right under your skin in the best way possible but like i i love it like you said the little games he played whether it's something he says whether it's mannerism whether it's interference from the outside you know uh, whether it's stepping on your foot or whatever it's like <laughs> he will do whatever he got whatever he has to do to get an advantage and i enjoy that well round two we see tyler take no i'm down before no, I'm back to the ropes and Tyler and him, him exchange headlocks and wrist locks before Tyler hits a brief airplane spin and they clothesline each other. I fucking love that. I honestly, yeah. that moment when they get up and look at each other as well, it's just really, really good stuff. Uh, round three, no, I mean, immediately gets out of the ring and back in and hits a Nova Roller for the pin and the first full end the round. Dar goes one nil up. Round four, Tyler hangs on in the early going, but he somehow managed to turn it around, running shooting star press and hitting a rebound clothesline. But Noam counters the Tyler driver. Tyler then hits his finisher on the second attempt for the pin uh, to even things at one all, leading into round five. Noam rips Tyler off the top, hits a sliding uppercut and takes Tyler down with kicks as Tyler rocks him with a spinning back fist before Shah distracts Tyler and the ref. Noam drops Tyler two for Tyler locks in a knee bar and the two exchange strikes as the round end talk about save by the bell and I will say that yes. is a much better callerman than Trent like Trent was doing fuck all yes yes so into oh my it. goodness he don't even compare like I and, and you know what and that plays a little bit into what's gonna happen later but yeah uh Man, it's a straight contrast. And I didn't even think about that until you just mentioned it. But it was a contrast on the outside when it comes to the coaches and their involvement in this match. Well, round six, the final round, the two run at each other as soon as the bell rings and exchange strikes until now drops Tyler and Tyler meets them up top hitting a suplex and Dar rolling out the ring. And Tyler hit a suicide dive and tossed Noam back in for he rolls the opposite side what of the floor. What a dive it was. Without a doubt. I mean, there's some, some stuff this guy can do. But Tyler takes out Shah, and I told you he's a better man because he's getting involved. He tosses <laughs> Noam back inside a second time. Noam counts the Tyler driver and a rebound Larry into a knee bar. Tyler suplex some pretty deadly come out to ringside and distract Tyler before getting into a fight with Trent. And somehow, mm-hmm. I mean, 
nine times out of ten, <laughs> the, the way it works, you would not be able to throw a towel that hard behind you if you intended that far. to. But yeah. again, I was looking at it and I'm going, do you know what? I I don't really like the finish in a certain way, but I do. Because yeah. Dar wins the new Heritage Cup champion. And like I said on yeah. the second viewing, I actually quite like it. I think great facials all round. And even Trent going, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Right. It was perfect. And that's why I loved it. Like, I, I'm with you. Like, you know, uh, to talk about most of the match, like I said, I love the first two rounds settling, settling you into the match. And but you know, like cup matches, the intensity just ramped up. And at the end, by the, when they were staring each other down, by the end of the second round, you could tell that okay, they're, they're about to go for it. And then when round three began, Dar exploded, and they just went into another gear, and they never really stopped until we got to that finish. Uh, you know, and and I like it. It was beautiful to me, man. It played into both stores. You know, the week before, Dar just told him that seven was dead weight. Basically, that seven was going to be the reason why you weren't holding the trophy anymore. And for the mistake to kind of play out the way it did with pretty deadly involvement, you know, and it just seemed like to me at the time they could be teasing the downfall of Mustache Mountain and the beginning of a new era now for the Supernova. And, you know, I, I'm biased. I was going for Dar from the beginning, but I thought the, the way that match ended and with Dar ending up as the not only the tournament winner, but the new Heritage Cup champion, I thought it made up for all the lackluster UK uh, UK shows we had to get through all those lackluster Heritage Cup matches, you know, when uh, when Dragonaut wasn't around. Anything that I thought was lackluster, this finish made up for it, for it from the Heritage Cup to me, uh, from the Heritage Cup tournament for me. So I, I thought it was worth it, and I thought this was cool. And the thing is as well, it's crazy, is, you know, you talk about your... 25-minute match. Oh, yeah. that's how you make a classic match. But these guys, yes, it's six rounds, but you're only three minutes. And to do mm-hmm. so much and to make excitement. And, and there's, a, there's a little thing I love at the moment later on with Dar. And it's the kind of the boxing way of, of hanging in there. You know? Yes. And, uh, it's just, I love it. <laughs> I just can't get enough. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, I, and I, I can't believe when this first, when it, when it started, I, I was hearing a lot of people who did not like, and some people may still not like the Heritage Cup, you know, format. And I'm just like, I don't know, man. I love it. Like you said, the drama that you can get done in just, like you said, 18, 20 minutes, maybe. Oh, my goodness. You know, that that's it's beautiful. Yes. It's beautiful. It really is good stuff. What a match. Anybody list this has not seen it, go and watch that yeah. now. Uh, next episode, November 4th, the final boss battle. And of course, Shepard and McGuinness are on commentary. Our first match is Flash Morgan Webster versus Rampage Brown. And Brown continues to flex his muscles for quite a period of time in this bout. Uh, <laughs> Webster is lucky he hasn't snapped in two yet, I suppose. Uh, Brown was <laughs> looking for a gut wrench, but Webster quickly turns it into a guillotine. Brown breaks it by slamming Webster back first in the turnbuckle. Webster sees an opportunity to connect and hits a perfect to the DDT. He soars off the top with shadows of malice, but it isn't enough to keep the big man down. Brown secures a pinfall victory after hitting his deadly Dr. Bomb. Um, yeah. What were your thoughts on this? Yeah, man, this was I, I love I love the week before, like I mentioned earlier, Brown telling Webster, you know, basically that you get hurt like that if you just keep slapping people or you think you're just gonna slap me or whatever. And this was Webster getting hurt. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I looking at this story, 
Uh, and I think you can look at this whole entire story with Flash Morgan way up to two ways. You can either think he's tough as nails and he's showing his toughness, hanging with people that he may be overmatched against or whatever, uh, or he's somebody who really hates himself because of the punishment he's been forced to endure because he keeps slapping people in the face. But <laughs> just, you know, whatever. It depends on how you want to look at it. Either way it go, I like this match, man. And I thought Webster showed some, you know, I thought he should, I thought he earned a little, especially some respect for me as a viewer, but he definitely should have earned everyone in the locker room respect lasting the way he did because it was definitely a fun ride. But, you know, Brown prevailing, I don't think was ever in doubt. Oh, no. Like I said, it's a Brown showcase, but a nice comeback from Webster, yeah. who did try to kill Rampage with that suicide dive DDT <laughs> as well. Uh, but Webster yeah. himself had a massive red mark on the back. And it came from being thrown on the ropes. Uh, I went around it and had a look, and I was like, shit, they, you forget about the ropes. <laughs> right, and yeah. Then, you know, yeah. just getting thrown on it and a massive red mark. But like I said, really, really good opener. Uh, we then see Mika Sutmore and Apoche McKenzie doing last-minute preparations. And after pretty deadly cost Tyler Bates uh, his championship, Trent Seven finds Bates and tells them they're now going to be part of the fatal match next week. Bates' reaction, man. I mean, I sleep with his girlfriend. He reacts like that. Come on, dude. Like, don't. (laughs) I've just robbed your house. Like, yeah, man. That's that's fine. Yeah, he was just so casual. (laughs) I did not understand it. And I'm just like, that's the reason why I keep saying they're teasing it. But it's definitely going to come from Seven. It's not going to come from Bates if they do break up. Because he is very, very calm about all of this. Uh, Trent Seven just beat you up and uh, attacked. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know, it's fine. We're still friends. (laughs) No, you're not friends. He doesn't like it. No, you're not. He keeps saying I when he's referencing Chase in the tag team titles, and he just not even noticing. Doesn't even matter. I don't. I don't get it. Well, we see there Brookside finally sits Scully in his office and after she's just shot at the UK Women's Title. After Satmore and G doesn't think she has enough victories to become the next tender, so she calls her dad Robbie Brookside to see what she can do. Yes. Again. Oh my god. <laughs> I love this, it. This oh, I love it so much. I was like, I know she I know this grown ass woman did not just call her father. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, I, I, it popped me. It really did. I was not ready for her to react like that. <laughs> uh, it's just it's it's what we need, exactly. Uh then Isla Dawn. <laughs> versus Angel Hayes, and Dawn holds power over Hayes as the match gets going. Hayes ducks an attack from Dawn in the corner, but Dawn rocks Hayes with a backdrop. She grabs hold of Hayes' hair, starts to pull some strands out, as you do. Uh, the referee finds this uncalled for and decides to call for a disqualification. Um, and poor Island, I mean, poor, uh, poor Danny Luna. I could have sworn she got a whole lock pulled out weeks back. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember the match being stopped because of that. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> well, no. What I quite liked is that she took the trinkets and obviously uh, t- has some effect because she took something from Danny Luna and used Danny Luna's yeah. move in this match. So it's kind of yeah. like she's taking their power. Or not. I know. Yeah. <laughs> or not. Looking, or not. Right. Maybe we're looking too much right. into it, but I thought that. Or not. Yeah. Maybe Maybe we don't know what the hell we're talking She's from Devil's <laughs> Pool Pit, Scotland. Have you ever been there? Yes, ever, just next know, to like Glasgow. This. Quite nice. Yeah, <laughs> quite cold this time. <laughs> I've never seen a match actually get stopped because of hair pulling. I've always seen referees warn you, but it's nice to see a referee actually do more than warn someone this time. I give them that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. This is the thing. This is the British way. 
Uh, and speaking yeah. of Great Britons, we see Sam Gradwell is sick and tired of hearing all about <laughs> A-Kid and how the media likes to sing his praises. What a yogurt! <laughs> in Spain! <laughs> so ludicrous to me. Why are you watching? Like, did Gradwell speak Spanish that I didn't know about? Because he's watching... <laughs> he's watching Spain media. It is just ticking him off that he's not in Spain. Like, <laughs> like is he mad that he's getting an interview in general? Or is he mad that he's not making it, not as big in Spain as the Spanish guy? I don't know. <laughs> Sam watching it and they could go, Sam Gradwell. What did he just say? He just said my name, did he? We see Stevie Turner interrupts an interview the crew is doing with subculture. Danny Luna tells two seconds. Uh, I do know the character, but again, that's a battle for another day. But we hear from Oh, the... I got one for you later. Go ahead. <laughs> we hear from the Tsar next. Yes, Ilya Dragunov addresses the universe. The fighting champion is here, and the fans give him a warm welcome with a round of claps. He said it's heartwarming to show his son that his dad can conquer anything he sets his mind to. He compliments Akid for pushing three weeks ago, and now he's the face of an ex-UK one, being a reigning and defending champion. The question is... Who would accept, well, who comes out? Another Rampage Brown. You see the mad Russian with glee in his eyes, except Brown's invitation for a tilt shot. And just as Dragunov puts his hand out for shake, Brown takes it upon himself to throw the champion down with a nasty lariat. <laughs> he grabs the tilt and holds it up uh, proudly. And it's all about the chase. It's all about the chase when it comes to a face champion. But I'm genuinely pleased yep. to see Ear with the belt. His son is happy for him, unlike Josh Alexander's kid. Uh, but what do you think <laughs> of Rampage Brown coming in and making a yeah, statement? Poor, jo- poor Alexander. Just, ru- just crush his dreams. I hate you, Dad. Dragon off, come out and flex it. Yeah, my son is happy because I'm a champion. <laughs> All right, just watch out. Alexander might be looking for Dragon off for that one. Anyway, um. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, this was this is great, man. And uh, like I honestly, I really love Dragunov as champion, and I just love this air, this confidence, the way he's talking now. You know what I mean? When you think about where he comes, where he's coming from, and where the depths he was mentally, and the, the confidence that he speaks now, man, I just think it's night and day. And I really love that dynamic. And I think as his reign continues, he can only he's only going to get more confident, and he's probably you know. If, if it continues, because, you know, Brown is not someone that can be, you know, that you can just overlook. And I, and I really love him as a contender. I, I enjoy Brown and Volta. And watching Brown work, you know, work somebody like Volta, you know, watching two big guys work is always tricky. You never know how it turns out. So just imagine, just like what I enjoy watching, even though Brown dominated with, so imagine the dynamics with Brown and Dragunov because, you know, and, you know, they have a history already. So, I'm just saying they're capable of doing something really, really special here. So I'm looking forward to this. Without doubt, when we see Blair Davenport wishing both Ginny and Satamore good luck because you're just hanging around. Uh, we see Tim and Vignette round the table talking about fighting the eye. He's watching. I've actually done the eye uh, signal whilst we talk. <laughs> um, I thought this is really well produced. And Tim is saying the character that's grabbing me in time. And after hearing Nathan Fraser wants a match with him, Mark Andrew decides he'll give him 
a match that is. And now it's the main event. It's NXT UK Women's Championship. Mika Satamora versus Ginny. And both women whip up some fiery strikes. We roll back into Satamora's favour. Satamora lays out some stiff kicks. But is it enough for her to grab the thing in the bag? Ginny surprises final boss with the facelift for a close near fall. Dragging Satamora to the centre ring. And locking a single leg Boston Crab. Satamora though does manage to get to the rope. And builds some momentum again with a high angle frog splash. Ginny finds the bottom rope for Satamora. Fully looking at arm trap cross face. And Ginny capitalises the traction for Joseph Connors. And digs up a touch of couture. She was so close, but no cigar. Satmore finishes her off with a brutal Scorpio rising axe kick, followed by the Death Valley powerbomb to retain the championship. What were your thoughts? Um, you know, I'm not sure about Jenny's history, you know, as a title contender in NXT UK, but man, she belongs on this stage. And the final and, and the final balls, we all like I said, I know she's good and just uh, and I think she just continued to show what she usually shows, not only since she's become champion, but since just since becoming just coming to WWE and like over her long career, she's always been really, really solid. I always kind of get happy. It makes me feel a little old, but I always get happy when I see the little clip of her in WCW back in the day. It's always cool when you, when you think about that. Uh, but anyway, uh, besides that, Jenny, back to the focus of what I was going to say. Uh, Jenny is just so good technically, man, and and just like the facial expressions is just. I think uh, probably overall she's the most impressive woman to me besides the champion on the roster since I've you know started doing these reviews with you. So, uh, you know this match was just a really good example of why too. You know, and I'm I I just really I'm really high on Jenny as a wrestler, man. And uh, both of these women they left it all in the ring, and uh, I think. With with Connors not really able to get involved, I was kind of worried that he would get too involved. I was kind of happy that they only they they kept it to like one spot with McKenzie. So you know you know other than that one spot, that made this match even better to me. You know, so this was this was almost classic level good shit to me. You know, I really liked. It. Well, I'm just glad they don't let Connors wrestle anymore because, like I said, I I really like <laughs> these two. Um, Ginny can be nasty, and it's and it's something that you don't see yes. a lot. Um, you know, the technical exchanges were great. Ginny with a suplex on the mat again, brilliant. Um, which again, you don't see a lot. And Ginny was doing all right till she decided to trade strikes, a fucking idiot. So, you know, that's what's going to happen. Um, but like I said, a great main event. And we move on 11th November. And again, the first match, Nathan Mark and, um, we come into the match. There's a pivotal moment coming for Fraser when he ropes and drags Angie's down with a beautiful Spanish fly. He misses a corkscrew moonsault plancher and walks right into a stun dog millionaire. Andrews can be caught in the closing second of the bout when he hits his full to pieces shoot stars and stacks Fraser in a cradle pin for the victory. Uh, just watch <laughs> this match is all I've put. <laughs> yes. Yes. I agree. Like, I, I honestly, I have, I wrote a lot more, but it's just like, these are just two awesome athletes, man, from the beginning. I came into this match like, yeah, the possibilities were great. And then they just went out there and outdid what I was expecting going into it. The pace, the pace of this match. Like, literally, like you said, just watch it and you will see from the beginning to the end, they were really, really moving. And then from a storytelling standpoint, you know, uh, the upstart coming so close to overcoming the more established Andrews, man, you know. I feel like this is how I think NXT 2.0 people who are creative they should watch stuff like this and this is how you get someone who was who's a newer face 
This is how you get them quicker, or get them over quicker to me than just squash matches every week. And I, I'm not trying to take a shot at 2.0, but I'm just saying this is this is a perfect example of a great way of getting a new face over. You know what I mean? Just letting them do it, show what they can do in a long form type match with another great established athlete. And I think this was just a great example of it. Yeah, like I said, these two guys are great. And Mandrews won, which yeah. is the first time in fucking ages as well. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, we see Sam Gradwell, who has some A-Kid. This week, A-Kid interrupts Gradwell's <laughs> interview and calls him out for a match. He calls him a yogurt. Well, from A-Kid, yeah, actually, him to it. it's a yogurt. But again, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not complaining. <laughs> Did you see how how agitated Grant was? And I was like, I know you love that. He was so mad. Like, no, no, that's my line. It's just, it's just money. I would just have it all day long. Um, we see pretty deadly having some fun and learn how to move and groove like the guys from Magic Mike. Uh, he did that side check. Yeah, all right. Yeah, uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> just, oh, my God. You couldn't get away with it in certain places, but it's just, it is good. Um, Kenny Williams is seen writing a message about Charles Samuels. Williams and the production crew here, a bunch of racket coming from Saxon Huxley. Williams tries to tell him to quiet down. And then Stevie t- is Danny Luna. Turner bridges out and turns the things around with a brief Lufez press. She stays on top of Luna with three amigo suplexes and a net breaker. A Luna latches on with a snap suplex followed by a powerbomb and march forward for the pinfall victory. Uh, it's not bloody 4D, is it? What, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Her explanation of what 4D was. I'm two steps ahead and two steps or whatever. It was just, it was dumb. It was dumb. Okay, I can't even, I don't even remember it all the time of my head, but I really had to get that off my chest. So I really am starting to understand why you don't like her. <laughs> Especially if that's what it's supposed to be. I but anyway, uh, this match was solid too. You know, uh, Luna is impressive as always, you know, but I do also got to say this. Another loss for Turner and whatever being 4D does for you, it obviously is not. <laughs> It don't mean consistent winner, you know. It doesn't mean that. So, whatever. <laughs> Honestly, but at least Danny's picking up some momentum. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get all four teams playing for the Lombard Contendership match. It'll be main event. Nina Samuels gets herself in trouble when she starts talking smack about Aaliyah James. <laughs> to her dismay, James hears the whole thing. Tells Sam she's got to talk to Sid Scala about a match, not a match. <laughs> <laughs> She already has a show to come up with every week. <laughs> <laughs> Gallus plans to prove their alliance is stronger than Tim and Rahim Raja. Blair Danforth runs into a victorious Danny Luna who feels beneath her. She refused to celebrate Luna's winning efforts. And now on the main <laughs> event, so who will secure the spot of Pretty Deadly's newest challengers? It's Dave Massive and Jack Stars, Ashley Smith, Oliver Carter, Mustache Mountain, and Symbiosis. Uh, we see Bait <laughs> catching Primate and Jack Styles with a double airplane spin. Star Deadlift 7 and says in Crash with a powerbomb in the corner. Masters working on Oliver Carter. Ashley Smith flies over to save Carter. Both of them join forces with a doomsday cutter on Mast. Uh, Bait dives to the outside. Seven runs in to hit Seven Stars, Larry and Primate. But he can't keep him down. He looks to Tyler Bait to finish things off. Um... And the match ends when Bates and Seven come together with an assisted flying knee, burning hammer combo, and they've earned their spots at the next challenge of the NXT UK Tag Championship. Uh, what were your thoughts? Look at what finished this match. A flying knee, burning hammer combo. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, like, 
anyway, like I said, this match was in, this match was absolutely incredible to me. Uh, I enjoyed had the, it was a lot going on. I think that's just what happens when you're going to have all these teams involved. But it was fun, you know. Like you said, everyone was going for broke. It felt like, and even though I kind of knew once Mustache Mountain was added to the match, it'd probably be unlikely they lose. Not only because they are who they are, but uh, you know. They're the only team here that actually had some type of active story going on, or at least felt like they would even threaten kind of uh, pretty deadly. I, mean, I don't think any of the other teams would actually be a threat to winning that title match. So, and, and, and I think them winning also kind of may be a showcase that kind of reinforced that this is the depthness of their tag division may be their weak point. Maybe NXT UK's only weak point is that they don't really have the deepest or the most diverse tag, you know, tag division. But, you know, uh, another Mustache Mountain pretty deadly match. I don't think we can go wrong. We're going to have fans there now, so people can actually appreciate it, uh, you know, straight up. So I, I have no problem with that. But I do think that Mustache Mountain getting the win so quick after the involvement with the other story and all of that, I think it kind of shows that, you know, they don't necessarily have the deepest, you know, because it wasn't that long ago we were talking about Mustache Mountain and Pretty Deadly won. So I have to be fair. But this still was a fun way to get to that match because at least they earned it, right? At least they earned their title shot and it's not an automatic replay. Well, this is the thing, you know, and, and one of the things we talk about the depth of the division and we obviously we got Gallus in the background, of course. So yeah, of course Gallus. And, team and, and uh, up. subculture, yeah. yeah. But, so the thing about uh, NXT UK that I still love, it is like the old one-hour NXT. You know, yes. Each week, focus on a different division. We've had the heritage, the wins. You know, it's a That's tag, true. you know. And this was another great main event. The only hope is that we can get a takeover in the UK to pay off or, or have a stage set for these Something. matches, you know. Yeah. I agree. That'll be the best way. That'll be the only. That's the next step in taking it over the top to get back to the takeovers for NXT UK. Or, you know, to have some or have one or two, you know, big shows for them to throw in between. But I do love that. That That's one thing that I love the most about this. It reminds me of those, those days when, you, uh, like you said, early NXT, uh, you know, back in the, 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 the Neville and the TJ, the TJ Tyson Kidd days of NXT and uh, other, you know, even before that, Sami Zayn's and all of that, you know. So, yeah, it definitely reminds me, especially in the way it's paid. And I'll get to that when we talk about how I feel about UK overall. But, yeah, this I, I do love that. And I think, like you said, the shift in focus, it allows everybody to get as much time as possible to be the, like you said, the main event, the main focus. So I do love that element. I think without a doubt. And then a bit of news. Uh, we got a tweet from Flash Morgan Webster. Uh, yeah. saying he's been fighting surgery for three years. Uh, since then, he's <clears> had NXT UK Tag Team Championships. He's been on Raw, TakeOver Ladder Match, a Dusty Classic, inaugural Heritage Cup Tournament, a subculture run, all done with a torn labrum. Time to get it fixed, and hopefully he can come back to a recovery. Uh, but then again, you wrestle for that long, you've probably done a little bit more damage, which is a shame. But subculture, maybe, do they need to go away as a tag team and come back a little bit fresher? Uh, you know, I think possibly, I think, I think, uh, splitting, not necessarily splitting them up, but a break from it, or maybe even, uh, just letting Mark do it, Mark do, get back to singles action, you know, while he's out can be a fresh air and they can come back and try to do something again, or even tell more stories together. Who knows? Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, I think subculture is definitely in need of that, or maybe, maybe more Danny Luna focus also is another way 
cool way to keep them together or necessarily keep the image of them alive, but they don't necessarily have to be always together on television. So, yeah, I think it's creative ways around it. But uh, it's crazy when you mention all that, when he mentions all that stuff he did in between it. Then you just have a match with Rampage, you know, and it's time to... Uh, I can only imagine what's like the pre-match and the post-match, what it's been like for him, you know, just being, you know, getting ready for each match, just daily life, three years. Walking around with an injury like that, you know, I, I I don't recommend it. But, yeah, I hope he's back sooner than later. Well, the penultimate episode of NXT UK, of course, Andy Shepard and Nigel McGuinness. And we kick things off with the Spanish sensation and the thunderstorm. Yes, it's A-Kid versus Sam Gradwell. Gradwell slaps A-Kid across the face with a malicious forearm to even the odds. A-Kid pops up and ensnares an armbar, and Gradwell pulverizes him on the mat with a powerbomb. The bout spills to the outside. Gradwell planting the sun's back into the ring. A-Kid slides back into the eighth count. Gradwell turns off his cup champion inside out with a ruthless lariat. But A-Kid sees an open from Gradwell by trapping him with another armbar, and Gradwell has nowhere to turn. He taps giving A-Kid the victory yogurt. Sam always fucking loses. Uh, this is a great <laughs> opener. Like, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it was a good ride to get there, though, man. Uh, this match was uh, was just another fun A-Kid match for me. You know, I've, I've, there's another guy who, uh, another person like Jenny, like, uh, you know, obviously dragging off and uh, like a lot of people that's from NXT UK. Of course, Noam Dar, another person who's just grown on me or someone that I uh, really, really look forward to seeing when he's, when he's on display, and this is another reason why it was just a really, really cool match to me. Uh, and I thought Gradwell, you know, your boy Gradwell, I, I know you like him, and I, I've seen, I think he's entertaining, but it's cool to get a chance to see more of what he can do also. Uh, and I thought this was well done by both competitors. I didn't think he looked a step behind or anything, and, uh, you know, uh, and I thought Gradwell actually came away from this one looking good, you know, if you think about it. Like, I don't think he loses anything or you know, he doesn't look bad for losing. Like, of course, he loses a lot, but he doesn't doesn't look bad for losing to a guy like A-Kid. So, uh, it was positive for both guys for me, the way this played out. But uh, it was definitely a fun match. Oh, just imagine a world where A-Kid has got Sam Gradwell's personality. Like, that is oh, a total goodness. package. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I think that's what happens. It's the same thing, uh, and I'm not trying to say Finn is not charismatic, because I actually think if given right, uh, ch- given the chance, especially the way we saw what we saw in that recent run of NXT, Finn Balor can be uh, entertaining personality-wise. That's another thing. Like, you give, like, Finn Balor, you got the looks, you got the abs, you got everything, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then personality, the same thing goes with AK. Got the look, I think he do everything in the ring that you could ask him to do and more. But, you know, personality-wise, yeah, you, you, you're you begging for more. But that's how it works. It's weird how it goes. You know, some people got it and some people, you know, don't, you know? Without <laughs> <laughs> a doubt. Uh, we find out that Ilya Dragunov will have a total defense against Rampage Brown weeks, which will bring you on the January NXT UK uh, <laughs> report. <laughs> but I'm laughing now because we're going to have eight episodes. But it sounds a lot. But we are doing six here, and look how much, you know, we said we're on the to last oh, one, so they, well, they do fly by. I, truthfully, I could watch every, I could watch all, I could save everything, let them all store on the cock, as I call it. And I could, because we have Peacock over here. I have to explain it for you guys. I'm sorry, I forgot. You guys are still WWE Networkers, so they, you know. You guys still have it good. We have Peacock in America, so I call it 
We call it the cock. I know that's kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> one way to put it, but it's fun. It's a fun way. It's a fun thing to me. But anyway, you have sometimes you gotta search the cock for certain for uh, for good content, and uh, this is this is NXT UK is definitely that. But it's also quick to watch. Like I said, I can I can get six hours, man. That's six shows, like you just said. There's no time. Uh, and that's two Raws, guys. <laughs> that's what you saying on that. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah. So, we're good. Yeah, that's what you're when you say like that. Uh, but we see the mad Russian isn't sweating. It's Rampage Brown, uh, Val and Jay Champion. And Aaliyah James yeah. versus Nina Samuels. Yes, they're forcing her to wrestle. Uh, Samuels <laughs> counters. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, counters out of a cartwheel. James sends Samuels face first onto the mat with a trip toe hole, but Samuels presses her boots down on James's hand, traps her with a stretch. She maintains control as Samuel drags James to the centre and bends her leg into a screw-shaping position. James lands a drop kick and formulates a major upshot as she rolls Samuels up into a small package and earns the pin full victory. And James getting another big win in NXT UK. Yeah. And Nina is so fake and deluded. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I have to say, it, 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 it's best up they making her do it, but it was nice to see Nina take some time away from her hosting gig to make Aaliyah stomp on her own head. I mean, yeah, like, I was like, say, I, that spot yeah. was awesome, dog. Like, they kick really yourself in the head, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kick yourself in the head, and then, like, the back break, like, three, four in a row. Like, I was like, oh, God, okay. Nina, Nina needs to wrestle and host. Like, I get it. <laughs> Like I, they they overworking them, but she is a superwoman, man. Like hosting the show of that quality, and then coming out to do this, like man. She, she uh, anyway, she impre- uh you know Aaliyah James impressed me with her selling, and you know a couple of moves she got in, like uh, I think it was a nice haircut run a couple of times, in, uh, one in, one in there that I like. So I, I really like what James is showing me so far, and right now they got they kind of you know she's on a roll. You know what I mean? And that that was cool, and it was a shock victory. Another one, and uh, like I said, I don't like roll-ups, but I don't mind it when it shocks me, and you know, a good, especially when it's a young, uh, a tenured uh, character versus someone who's uh, a new face. I like it, so it's just something to keep an eye on going forward, man. Well, backstage, the new Heritage Cup champion Noam Dar gets interrupted by Sam Gradwell. <clears throat> Dream match, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> just minutes, and then I. Listening for the very first time. I am not joking. <laughs> These are two guys yeah. that I, I absolutely love. It's my favorite versus your favorite. <laughs> Bring it on. We know what <laughs> we know who's gonna win then. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's rigged. Just minutes after a big win against Nina Samuels, Aaliyah James tells the next UK reporter how much that victory meant. Once she leaves in, she walks right into Isla Dawn, who Bow. blindly ambushes her. <laughs> what a nice way to celebrate. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh my goodness, walk right into it. Impeccable timing, by the way. And then I, lo- I did love the cameraman and the interviewer, like, oh, let's get help. After the fact, I, that was a nice little touch to the interview, too, because sometimes I wonder in wrestling, like, you know, the cameraman is a person, too. You just be watching messed up <laughs> stuff happen sometimes, and you just keep recording, like the guy who kept recording and Austin got ran over. Yeah, <laughs> 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 Well, it happens to the best of us, I suppose. Up next, Saxon Huxley <laughs> versus Kenny Williams. 
and Williams keeps Huxley grounded. Uh, Huxley tosses Williams out the ring like a rag doll, but once he returns, he uh, hits on. Huxley starts to find himself in the middle of this bout with a big cross. He ducks underneath the ring and sneaks up behind him with an unruly right hand, and William ends this thing with his bad luck finisher. <laughs> uh, I really dig this scummy earth counts, yeah, but yeah, yeah. they're kind of pushing towards cockroach. And of course, we've talked about cockroach <laughs> before. <laughs> you're you're starting to set up you. your own jokes. So, what, what do you think of cockroach? Oh man, uh, scum. I don't know, man. I, th- I think I would prefer to be scum than a roach. But uh, I, I feel you. I don't know. Maybe what's, which one's worse, scum, roaches, guys? Anyone? You, you know, I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Let's sure. do the poll. This week's poll, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Would you rather be scum or cockroach? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how I feel about Huxley as a character. You know what I mean? The yelling. Uh, I don't really understand the wild. I guess he got a wild man thing going on. But in the ring here, he was solid. You know, and uh, of course, he's in there with the scum of the earth fighting the only way scum can fight. And I do love that. That's the one thing. I, like you said, he is looking, you know, as low as it, as low as you can get. But I, I enjoy it because that I, is is. Like you get what you at least he's he's not he's not false promoting anything. He's literally telling you he's a piece of trash. So you expect the worst from a piece of trash. So I don't mind it. Uh, but anyway, uh, it also made me have sympathy for Huxley here sometimes. And he's the bigger man, so you know sometimes in a smaller, bigger man contest is hard to get that. But I, you know, Kenny Williams is growing on me honestly with every review. Every review we have uh, at least one or two Kenny Williams uh, matches. And I think I think he's growing on it. Exactly. It's not like, you know, shoved down our throats, but he's there in like I said, every every month like we do featured a little bit just slowly, slowly building. And he bumped around like Mr. Perfect in this match as well. So, you know, yeah. for great credit to him. <laughs> like, uh, we get Zara Brookside arriving at the BT Sports Studio. She's late for a training. She provides a note to her coach on why she can't train. <laughs> right now it's focusing on getting the NXT UK women's title shot. Uh, again, this just works, especially when she first signed. A lot of, you know, the rumours, as we spoke about earlier on the news as well, you know, nepotism right. and stuff like this, you're going to have to work exactly. harder. You know, might get in the foot in the door, but to be able to play off that storyline works. Yeah, I, I love it. And it's just like, it's so, like, the entitlement. I love that. I love that uh, being played into, like you said, uh, because it's, it's there. You know, you have to work harder or at least... That's what, you know, in some cases, that's what they want you to believe. So, yeah, uh, I, I love the nepotism angle. I love the name dropping. I love, uh, like you said, feeling like the privilege that she's in exuding. I think it can play into a really strong character uh, if they keep building it the way they're doing it. And it seems like they're going to take their time with it, too. And, you know, so I can't wait to uh, see what that turns into. Without a doubt. Now the main event, Gallus, Mark, and uh, Mark Coffey and Wolfgang. Versus Tierman and Rowan Raja. Wolfgang kick things off. And Wolfgang maintains leadership with a tight wrist lock for his corner. And they uh, kind of ground him for a little bit as well. The coffee keeping him down. And a hot tag back to Wolfgang. Tierman and Raja join force on the outside. But an unmerciful set of stomps. And forearm smashes and mark coffee. Tierman and Raja continue covering off. And Wolfgang comes in hot. 
with a double axe handle on Raj, and the onslaught continues with a cross body. Wolfgang starts feeling the effects of Tierman and makes a desperate tag to Coffee. And while Gallus is taking care of Tierman and Raja, Charlie Dempsey sneaks out and surprises Joe Coffee with an unexpected <laughs> attack. Looks like his allegiance lies with Tierman and Raja. And thanks to Dempsey's distraction, Tierman and Raja earn the main event victory. And then after the match, they pummel Gallus as includes. Um, well, what are your thoughts? Because I thought this was brilliant. Yeah, this is this is cool, man. This is what Gallus is known for as far as the work. I thought the, no matter the choice of the members, they have really good to great tag matches. And uh, before Dempsey even got involved, you know, I thought this was on the verge of being a really good tag, uh, you know, a really good tag match. So, and then the ending just made it perfect, in my opinion. Like you said, they they teased it really, really well beforehand that uh, that Dempsey obviously was going to have a problem with Gallus. And uh, we knew that Gallus had this thing going on with T.M. and Raha, but we didn't think, I don't think I connected the dots that Dempsey could have been this new mysterious. Because, uh, you know, T.M. for a while has been talking about not only is the I.O., but he's also been teasing that it's going to be more. It's, it's a family. If it's a family, it got to be more than just Raha, right? So, mm. Uh, you know, I don't know. Is Dempsey now a part of the family? You know what I mean? I can't. I, either way it goes, the end of show like that, I couldn't wait to find out whether it was just Dempsey like, no, screw you guys, y'all been interrupting me. I don't like being interrupted. Or if it's, you know, I Tillman and Raha and Dempsey going forward as the family, I don't mind that either. And I can't, I, like I said, I can't wait to find out. Well, like you said, it's 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 a fun main event. It's a stage for a brand new rivalry, and it's money. Dempsey is part of the yeah. family. Um, what's even interesting, not to toot our own horns, but looking back over a four to six week period, if anybody, excuse me, would say, oh, Dempsey's a bit of a surprise. There's twice in the past month that Gallus interrupted. Yes. You, know, you talk about disrespect, you talk about, and it's stuff that I've only noticed reading it back now and going, oh, right, wait a minute, <laughs> that pays off right. later on now, rather than being surprised. Go, no, they did disrespect him. So, and like you said, um, you know, we need family members to team, and like I said, the eye is always watching. And I just think right. it's again, it's 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 something that maybe we don't have in NXT UK all the time. But it was a bit of a surprise, <laughs> and that's always yes. good, you know. Right, and and like I said, they did it sub subtly. You know, it was really subtle. You know, because he made faces, but you know, you can be annoyed. He was visibly annoyed, but that don't mean you're gonna you know attack him or seek him out or whatever, whatever. But it definitely doesn't mean you're going to join up with Tillman and Raha. But, you know, so it was just teased perfectly the way I think it was done. Like, you can see it was going to be something there that maybe down the line. And, you know, how, like you mentioned it earlier, NXT UK, the way their schedule works and the way the shows play out, it could be three to four weeks. It could be something that happened last month that it leads to a match uh, on, a, on a current NXT UK uh, show. So, with that being said, you didn't know if it was going to come back and just be a regular match type of feud, or if it was going to be something like this. And I think being shocking, jumping, inserting him into this feud, and like I said, making it now an even brand new thing, or now maybe possibly a three two, a three way type of thing, like two two teams with three members, six man is what I'm trying to get out for some reason, a six man type of thing feud here with the family and Gallus going forward, like. It's beautiful, and I think it was well done. And I think now they have weeks and week, weeks and weeks of more storytelling and television that they can keep adding up to to lead to an encounter at some point. So, yeah, man, I, I like it. About that. Well, the last NXT UK, 25th of November, and of course, Shepard and Nigel McGuinness and Noah Dub kick off the show. Uh, 
Backstage Flash Morgan Webster told Mark Andrews that he couldn't find her. I imagine he meant Danny. Andrews makes way without the rest of subculture. It's actually going to be Jordan Devlin versus Mark Andrews to start. Uh, Devlin took Andrews to the top rope and tried to set up a Spanish fly, but Andrews hit the poison rana. Andrews went for a shooting star, but Devlin got the knees up. Andrews hit the stun dog millionaire, went for a shooting star press again, but Devlin rolled outside. And Andrews sold to her outside. Devlin sent Andrews to the barricade. Uh, managed to beat the referee's count, but Devlin hit the Devlin side for the win. Uh, a poison runner off the top. <laughs> <laughs> At the beginning of the show, might I add, like I say, I don't know what it is about the beginning of the show for NXT UK, but they want to keep you watching. I think they do a good job with the first matches of these episodes, just grabbing your attention in, in some way. And this match was just like, just like that to me. Uh, and I was excited as soon as they announced it, first of all, because of the two involved, because, you know, these guys have been two of the best on the roster, you know, on the, for a long time now in the NXT UK. So, uh, and this is matches exactly why, you know, and, and Devlin looked like the ace. Andrews fought hard. And it, I just thought this was enjoyable. I, I just sat back and I enjoyed this match. And, uh, I expect they both delivered, and they did. I expected that they would deliver, and they did. So, this was good. I mean, anybody that's not seen Mark Andrews, like, I'm trying to think, like, maybe a Chris Sabin yeah. or, or someone like that. It's just a, a that's guy a good reference. who is ultra-talented that maybe doesn't get the credit they deserve. But we have seen on the last six episodes, him putting in three the absolute bangers, you yeah. know. And it's, it's just that talent that he's got. Uh, Pretty Deadly versus Mustache Mountain is in two weeks. Of course, we'll catch up with that uh, in January. We get a recap here with a Charlie Dempsey uh, uh, aligning himself even with Tiamin and Rahim Raja. Uh, Gallus cut a promo on Dempsey and challenged them to a match. Gets on like Donkey Kong. Uh, we saw Sam <laughs> Gradwell being disrupted. We saw Sam Gradwell. I'm sorry, I'm just a bit upset because when Dar and Samuels are there, kind of. It's split loyalties, and I kind of want to laugh at how Gradwell's been treated, but in the again, I, I kind of get upset. Um, Darn Samuel's keeping Gradwell awake <laughs> with more partying. Uh, again, I, I, exactly, I don't know if I love it or hate it. It really is like, so if it's, I just don't Party know. Partying is moment. for winners. <laughs> well, Gradwell demanded that Siskella make the match, and Darn Samuel's protested to this, and then. Johnny Saint arrived. Oh my God! I finally met the mythical Johnny Saint. Like I don't think I, I was so shocked. I was like, "Really? He's here?" I'm like, I, I, you know, my fiance was absolutely confused. I was just where she doesn't watch NXT UK, so she had no clue what the hell I was talking about and who this older white guy was. But I was so excited to see him. <laughs> He's alive! Finally, Johnny Saint. Yes. He does exist. He actually exists. (laughs) It's not. Since Skylar's not been making it up, he is there (laughs) with the hand on the shoulder. uh, Lovely moment to see him after being let down, I guess, in an isolation. So, (laughs) (laughs) the whole segment, Dar, Gradwell, Saint, again, I could watch this all day long. I, I, I would pay for it more than 9.99 a month you know uh we get Aaliyah james making an entrance while we get a recap of isla dawn attacking her and sitting a hairband last week dawn made her entrance complete with a box of trinkets 
James used athleticism to leapfrog over Dawn and hit a drop kick. And James went to gain advantage. Dawn pulled a jaw first onto the ropes. Um, Dawn put James in a half straight jacket hold. But James did rally with diving forearms on the cross body. James came close to a small package. Dawn hit the fireman carry side slam for the victory. After the bell, Dawn grabbed her box of trinkets and slid James's hairband back to him. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? I think Dawn would be more serious if she wasn't playing with her box all the time. <laughs> what? Good. That's, that's a good one. Yeah, uh, no, it's true, though. It's true. Uh, I, you know, the witch thing, I think, can just throw you off and not appreciate it, but the work is obviously uh, there. Uh, I feel like Aaliyah is running the gauntlet, by the way, during this review. Like, you just, <laughs> I love it. Fresh, fresh opponents every week, you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, like it can be done in WWE. You just have to look on the cock for it. Like, you can get a couple of matches, you know, a couple of fresh matches on a weekly basis if you just look on the cock. Just look for it. It's there, right in front of you. Uh, in America, uh, go to the network where you at, Johnny. <laughs> this was fine though as the you know i had no problem they seemed to be building the witch towards something uh so no so no roll-up win for james obviously but uh yeah this was cool I, I don't know you know she was very very excited with the box she gave the trinket back so i don't know if i need to be happy with isla because she at least gave it back right you don't need her power anymore like, yeah, i don't know it was <laughs> but don't actually... my box. <laughs> yeah don't touch my box. Uh, don't <laughs> lost some of her hair in this match as well. Um, and then we see Zia Brookside whining to Siskel about not having a touch. Whining. Literally. <laughs> That's what it is, whining. Literally. Skala granted her the match against Mika Sotmore for next week. She went, it's too soon. It's too, too soon. <laughs> like, it's she brilliant. stormed out. Oh, my God. She reminded me of a 15, 14-year-old. And it was, like you said, beautiful. Brilliant. I'll tell you what, if we ever go to war, I never want Mustache Mountain. Because if, if Mustache Mountain was a pep talk like they did themselves, they're in fucking, we are going to be champions. Yeah, we are. There you go. That's, that's where we are. Um, I'm pretty deadly happy about winning for the second time over Mustache Mountain. Uh, we see Angel Hayes is in the ring. Danny Luna's entrance music played, but she failed to come to the ring. And Ginny came out and said she made sure Luna wouldn't be able to make the match. Ginny also said her relationship with Joseph Connors. What uh, happened no, you there? Celebrated. Uh, maybe Volta They didn't, they didn't have to show her. I don't mind it. Thank goodness. But, <laughs> so I think Volta was like, uh, have you got... <laughs> oh, yeah, it's Connors. That doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> 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 yeah, get him away. Yeah, who needs him? I will, work out, I, will, I will work out more if it impresses you. <laughs> anyway, Jenny. By the way, good job, Walter. Good job. Man. I, I can't. By the yeah. way, man. Good job. Jenny, it's Go lovely. Yeah, there could be the, the royal couple of NXT UK. Um, but Ginny took Hayes down and beat her down for about a minute, I checked. Uh, she launched some brutal knees to the ribs. Ginny locked on the rear chin lock. Hayes did look to escape, but Ginny attacked the stomach and hit a driving clothesline, sent Hayes to the corner and hit the makeover for the victory. A squash and a new attitude. Uh, What I want to talk to you about is, we've talked about some division. There are some great hills on NXT UK. When when you think about, it, you kind of got the crazy Dawn, yeah. like we got Isla Dawn, who's always fiddling about in the box. You got Ginny, who's just dirty sometimes. Whiny uh, Zaya. You got Davenport, yeah. who just kind of hang around. You got deluded Nina Samuels. It's everything mm-hmm. you need in a hill. 
Yeah, I, I was just about to say, look at what you're, ta- you, you're pointing out at diversity and different. Like, it's not a lot of the same. I think sometimes, even in WWE, even in uh, AW, other, you know, a lot of the heel, if it deals anything heel from the women, is not, it's kind of the same. Like, I don't know how many times on the main roster they just dropped the word bitch and that was just supposed to get a response and I was supposed to care uh, that, uh, whatever. I guess that meant anything. Like, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff on the main roster at times, feels very samey this is just like you said diverse like like as, as far as heels go and and even their baby faces have like differences like you said you have people in different stages of their of their career you know like with Sodomore and then the mentorship with uh mckenzie and then like even with Aaliyah james another new newer face you know what i'm saying so like uh they they're building something here like like i told you in xc uk and especially with the whole the way that NXT women's division has changed, NXT UK probably has the strongest and most consistent division. Maybe they are protected with the way, like we talked about, the format of these shows, but they're they're strong up and down the board, if you ask me. Without a doubt. And, and speaking of uh, deluded Nina Samuels, she attempted to interview Mika Satnamora <laughs> on the Nina Samuels shows, but Mina McKenzie told her to go away as they were training, and Samuels goes, well, there's the scoop. They're training. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And Blair was in the back. Blair just chilling. Exactly. Watching again. You're going, what's, what's she doing? <laughs> she just... Like, why won't they let her wrestle? Like, is, is that part of her punishment from Seed? You just watch duty for five, six weeks in a row? You have to I socially mean, distance. Socially distance against all these women. <laughs> right. I was there just 10 meters apart. Um, anyway, we see. She Webster. gets a good check, though. That's a good check every week just to. <laughs> just to I'm watch saying, what everyone else is doing. Leah James is working a match every week, and you know, she goes, what the fuck is? What's Blair there taking the checks? Uh, yep. We see Webster leaving the training room with news of his surgery. Kenny Williams tried to antagonise him, and Mark Andrews told him to watch himself because he wasn't injured. Again, Kenny Williams and Mark <laughs> Andrews. I'm in. <laughs> there wasn't yes. a doubt. And now Mark Andrews is now running the gauntlet. <laughs> and now fresh opponent. The main event, see, a dream match. Sam Gradwell versus Noam Dar (laughs) in a Heritage Cup rules match for a cool championship. We get right into the action in round one. Dar landed a kill and rewarded himself with a swig of a hip flask. Samuels was carrying. Dar took Gradwell down with a headlock and worked the arm of his opponent. Gradwell hit a big scoop slam and hit Dar with his knee brace and then a fireman carry slam for the pin in the first round. Uh, Sam Gladwell being knocked out by the knee brace shot, and the way he was out, and like I talked about earlier, Dar's selling of this whole thing, yeah. and the referee, even Sharp, pulling Dar across the ring <laughs> to make him get position. Right. It, it was brilliant, but the referee did start round two with Dar still flat on the mat, and when Gradwell grabbed him, Dar rolled him to reveal he was playing possum. But Dar dominated Gradwell for the round, hitting a Nova Roller to win the round and bring level. Round three, Dar targeted a near Gradwell to start. As Dar worked the arm and rained down knee strikes to Gradwell's ribs, Sam was encouraging by saying, one more fall and we can go for a pint. Dar Samuels is just 
brilliant. Uh, Dar attempts to lock on his champagne super knee bar. He finally locked it in with 10 seconds left, but Gradwell managed to hold on until the end of the round. And then Gradwell made a decision during the rounds to remove his knee brace. And unfortunately, Dar came flying out to start. Uh, but Dar distracted the ref and Samuel slammed Gradwell's knee onto the apron. Again, Samuel's <laughs> being an excellent corner man. Great corner man. Dar went for a back elbow, but Gradwell caught him in the uh, Gradwell looked to gain advantage, but Dar again kicked the knee. Um, we see Grandwell's grabbed his scarf of Charles Samuels and tossed it to Dar. The two pulled on the scarf to stop Gradwell bringing Dar in the centre of the ring. <laughs> Dar locked on the sh- champagne super knee bar. Despite only four seconds being left on the clock, Gradwell got pain. Don't forget a reconstructed... I'm giving all this... Had to, <laughs> had to tap It's fair. Out. It's fair. Um, I mean, what were your thoughts on this is fun, man. Uh, this cup defense is not only why I like the match idea and how it's, you know, worked out. I, I also really like Dar as the cup, you know, holder because I knew he would excel. Not only because every match I've seen him doing this uh, in the in the Heritage Cup style has been just fun for different reasons, uh, but with Gradwell and you know how nefarious that I know Dar is gonna be like, along with Shaw and just. Like you said, he's he's methodical and just smart. He's so smart, you know the way things work out. The playing possum, I, I don't like knocking him out in the beginning. Like you said, selling was top notch, and then like immediately in the second round, collapsing, doing the roll up. I loved it. It's just like everything about this match, you know, with the drama it had, you know, uh, the things that that. And of course, I love bringing up the dramas towards the end that makes these matches just so mad, so special. And fun to watch, like you said, with a little bit of time. Could he hold on? No. And my favorite one. So, you know, that's just always a plus game. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like I said, I love all three guys, including Shah. Yeah. But it's it's the little details. It's like Dar putting tape exactly. on the other names of the trophy. Even, even crossing <laughs> them out. <laughs> he doesn't want to see yeah. them. <laughs> That's so great. Uh, Charlie, ultimate corner man. Dar being the best, like I said, looking like he's out. Of course, I love this main event. Um, and like I said, NXT UK this month for the last six episodes for me, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But Monty. Yeah, I agree, man. This is a breath, breath of fresh air, you know, content wise, especially when it comes to, you know, like WWE brand of content. Man, this is just from the storylines, from the way the shows are put together, and, you know, and what I love about it is just how simple it all is. Even the problems that they have backstage or the competition or whatever whatever it is, the person, it's just all simple stuff. It's not, you know, I, I know that wrestling can be a soap opera, but I would not call NXT UK a soap opera. Even even though they have, you know, some things that are, you know, you know, reminiscent of other of other things. They it's so unique to me, but at the same time just so simple. It just shows you that you don't have to do so much. It, but at the end of the day, when the when the when the bell rings and in the ring, they're gonna put on some of the best performances weekly. And uh, man, this is just a fun batch of shows to review, and I'm genuinely excited. I think I come away so far from all of these in, uh, reviews saying this, but I'm genuinely excited for what is next when it comes to NXT UK. And uh, I, I just like it because, like I said, I don't think they do anything overly complicated or anything. Um, not, I don't want to say not special because it is special because of how simple it all feels. The stories seem like they're simple enough. They're simple to understand, easy to follow. You know what I mean? Mm. 
And and then what's going on in the ring is always usually for the most part just been top notch so far. I haven't haven't you know been uninterested in anything I've seen overall. So this is this was a really good batch of shows, and I think they're on on the money, and I think it only can get better going forward as a lot of these new stories start to play out. I think about that, and I think it's nice to introduce not you know in that way, but to have someone watch the product and. And kind of pick up the same things, yeah. like the things that you know. I'm thinking, am I just because obviously as a as a you know bias streak or whatever, we've all got our favourites. Course, you know, I think. course. And I think with NXT UK, it's yeah, apart from maybe Dynamite and SmackDown every couple of weeks. I just it flies by, yeah. you know. And 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 I feel um, with NXT UK, like I said, you could watch even like eight episodes. Doesn't sound. For me, eight episodes of NXT doesn't sound as daunting. Well, to be fair, one episode of NXT 2.0, you know. Like, exactly, <laughs> you know. And I, I, I watch, even when I'm watching NXT 2.0, uh, I, I, sometimes I get a chance to watch them live. I watch a little bit of it live when it's airing. But a lot of times I'm DVRing. A lot of times I'm doing basically what I can do on the cock, which is have all the episodes right there Uh and I can just split it up. Like you said, eight episodes, that's two days for me, really. I can watch four hours of it one day and watch another four hours of it the next. Or I can split it up however I want throughout a week. Like, it's beautiful like that, um, especially uh, if you watch it in the way I do it. And if you want to just watch it on a weekly basis, set out an hour weekly to, to just try to catch up and, and keep, and, you know, and keep up with it, it's also perfect for that, too, because of, like you said, how quick it comes in, it goes. It gets right into the action. Just like I love, I love everyone loves talking about how Dynamite gets right into the action. Well, it's the UK from the beginning, as far as, as, far as I can, I'm concerned, has always been right to the action, and I've always liked that. And I really love that about these reviews, you know. Uh, it's, it's and, it, and you don't lack for wrestling. Even though it's an hour, I don't feel like I'm – I'm missing anything uh, wrestling-wise, you know. Uh, and I think that sometimes is the worry, but it, it's cool. I really love it. It's strong stuff every time we review it. And uh, I'm really glad you asked me to start doing these, man, because uh, it's been it's been cool. I don't always have time to watch it when in a timely manner, but every time I sit down and I watch them and I take my notes, I genuinely have enjoyed it. And with the state of NXT 2.0, I definitely look forward to watching UK because it, it it gives me a lot of the black and gold vibes, but at the mm. same time, it has its very own twist that's more new to me. Maybe you're more accustomed to it, but yeah, I really do enjoy NXT UK, and I'm I, 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 yeah, this was fun. This was always fun. <laughs> right, excellent. Like I said, well, finally, we were going to have a look at an NXT, uh, but rather than doing a kind of full on review. We're just going to keep the talking points because we want to do our next right. show together will be War Games. Um, so we'll probably go into more detail about, you know, NXT on that show. But um, I think the main kind of talking points there was setting up the card that we had for. So, you know, Grayson Waller turning heel, uh, facing Chumper in the beginning. Uh, more but, but Cameron Grimes um, coming out, actually looking quite well groomed. And, yeah, um, challenging. Looks younger. Yes, that looks good, doesn't he? Challenging Duke <laughs> Hudson in a hair versus hair match. I mean, yeah. what are your thoughts uh, on that? Oh man, uh, I'm not really. I'm not gonna say I'm not a fan of the hair versus hair match because it can be done right. Uh, even though I'm not the biggest proponent of it, and, and uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't mind it. 
you know, it's, it's, it's a decent little match. I don't know what uh, Duke Hudson has actually done to to get like a takeover spot like match like this. It's kind of funny to me that he's there, but uh, it, it should work out though because I like Hudson and I think Grimes is really, really good in the ring. So I think the match will be fine or at least should be uh, uh, cool. Uh, I don't know whose hair is in trouble though because this is one time where I'm just not sure. It does, does is Hudson gonna go lower than he already is? And, <laughs> and, and like, Grimes has already cut a little bit, so I'm just I don't know. <laughs> so who are you gonna go for then? I'll put you on the spot. I'm gonna oh, say gonna spot? we're gonna okay. do predictions right now, and I'm gonna say the winner of this match is gonna be. Uh, <laughs> I put myself on the spot. <laughs> I'm gonna go Grimes. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm gonna go Grimes. I'm gonna go Grimes. Uh man, you know what? I'm gonna go Grimes too. I'm gonna go Grimes too. Uh, I part of me want to say Hudson because it probably would do something for Hudson, I guess, because it would be a nice little nod. But before this, he wasn't really winning much, and him winning this, and and also not only cutting, cutting, getting another chance to cut more of his hair. I don't know why. You know, I don't know if I'm if I'm down with that finish, but I don't know, man. Don't be surprised though. Do not be surprised if we're just both wrong. But, uh, and, and I'll tell you what we've done before. We've tried to guess who's going to be in a pay-for-you match when we did the Queen and the King of the Rings and completely failed. So we're going to try it again. So it's going to be Imperium <laughs> versus Eva, Legala del Fantasma, or Kyle uh-huh. and Von Wagner. It's got to be the Wells blandest tag team. It's definitely probably going to end up being <laughs> Wagner and O'Reilly, uh, or Lurch and O'Reilly as Imperium. Imperium referred to uh, Wagner, you know, I, the other on the most recent episode. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really care either way. I, I would prefer Legato <laughs> to get this spot, you know, because you know, even though I understand that it's probably going to end up being the baby faces here, if you can even call them that, they're just boring to me. But you know, either way it goes, uh, Imperium is retaining. Yeah. How about that? That's a safe way. Yeah, that's a safe. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Imperium as well. I'm Imperium. I'm with you. Uh, another weird one. The cruiserweight championship weight does not matter anymore yeah. because Roger Strong versus Joe Gacy. What are your thoughts on this match? And... No, this is absolutely insane to me, and uh, it, it cracked me up though because Gacy's saying all had, had all the right language to just tick somebody off and oh, this exclusive and oh, <laughs> just, oh my god. I give him props because the promo to set this up was definitely entertaining. Same thing with Bivens. I thought his, some of his lines were cool. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know what's going on with this. I don't understand why. Did Diamond Mine also – and, by the way, did Diamond Mine flip up and be the face? Who's the face here? Who, yes. who are we supposed to like here? <laughs> you know, and that's another confusing thing. Uh, but I think Rod – I mean, we just watched Rod beat Odyssey Jones. He's way bigger than Gacy. What are they doing now that I think about it <laughs> when it comes to fucking clue. I don't um, know, man. <laughs> I, I'm going to say I think Strong retains it. Yeah, definitely. I think – well, hang on. I'm just writing the predictions. String is not his name. It's Roderick Strong. Uh, and then we've got... <laughs> the, I hate predictive text sometimes. And then we've got the Women's War Games match. Yeah. Which is Toxic Attraction. Uh, and Dakota Kai. And Dakota Kai. Going yeah. against uh, Katie Ray, Io Shai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Cora Jade. What the fuck? These three women in that match are like... Could be the shield. And then you stick Cora yeah. Jade in there. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts and your predictions? 
By the way, one of your Shield members, I just gotta say, did, Kaylee Ray was not breaking stuff in NXT UK, was she? No, no. <laughs> was she this much of a demolitionist? This is here we go again with changing things for the sake of change. I have no reason why. Like she was fine. She was the longest running NXT UK champion. You gonna make sure you keep reminding us that uh, women's champions are like, come on, like why change up anything about her? I, I don't understand it, but that's not the point of this story. Uh, this you know toxic attraction thing. I think since day one, big at Halloween havoc. The faces probably will win the women's war games match. Uh, I, I could be wrong, but I can see EO definitely doing something cool off a of cage, giving um, and they're definitely gonna bump their asses off because you know if it's, if it's any if war games is anything like it's been recently uh, or like you know from when since NXT has started doing war games, this should still be fun and entertaining to watch. Uh, so I'm going with the faces here. Uh, but yeah, what they're doing with Kaylee Ray for no reason is really confusing to me. But you know, hopefully she can get back to doing what she do best. And I know in the ring, I think she heard in Dakota Kai having a ladder match. I am excited about. It. Like that should be cool. Just let them go out there and do what they do. Uh, but yeah, I don't understand why. What's the need to break anything? I don't think she necessarily need that. But I leave it alone. We'll, we'll save that for when we get to the after war game breakdown. <laughs> You're right. Uh, I think I'm gonna go faces and that one away with Kaylee Ray. Getting a definitive, I can't say the word. Getting the victory. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she should definitely get the pinned over Mandy. Mandy, in my, in my And then uh, we look at NXT, of course, and we and the main event was Carmella Hayes versus Johnny Gargano versus Pete Dunne for the NXT yeah. North American Championship. You can't really go wrong with these three guys involved. Looks like uh, Pete Dunne was going to get it with a bitter end, um, but. Tony the fucking <laughs> Angelo. <laughs> pulled down out of oh the ring. Oh my god, I knew you were. <laughs> I was, I was this like, is the no. second time, too, by the way, because Don was close to winning something else in some. It was just like, really? Like, this is the second time in a row. I think it was the Fatal Four way he spied away from winning. It's just. <laughs> It's just they're it's ripping your heart killer. out and throwing they it really, on the ground. <laughs> they are. Uh, Melo hit the diving leg drop on Gagano for the win, and afterwards, yeah. uh, Melo tricked DeAndre, starting a beat down. Knight and Waller joined the action, followed by Tommaso Ciampa, who saved Gagano and like Johnny Difford Dexter. Uh, but we see Tom <laughs> Breaker finally arrive to call for games, war games, beginning the second brawl that would not stop. I know what team. I'm backing. Uh, what do you of course. Think, <laughs> what do you think of the main event for NXT? And what do you think of this main event match? Hey man, I really like this match. I like the B- I like how the match and the bill played perfectly into what was going on in the like that. The, it literally played perfectly into the ongoing theme in 2.0, and that's basically old school, new school. So I love the fact that this match played into that perfectly, while also at the same time just being really, really good. And you can just tell these three guys, three guys are good, uh, comfortable with each other. They, they just worked so well. I thought it was just so crisp at times. They were going at it, and it was just so many impressive moments, too many to even count, honestly. And I, I, I and it was just all back-to-back, it felt like, until D'Angelo popped up and cost Dunn uh, there towards the end. And I, I thought that really sucked, honestly. But it was setting up war games, and uh, the last part was kind of cool. I had no problem with it, especially with them kind of, with me knowing what I already knew about Gargano and this possibly being the last time or last match for a while uh, in NXT or at least the last time we'll see him with in, in like with 
Chopper to make up DIY. So, yeah, I thought that that was a very, very cool ending. I loved it, you know, but uh, at the same time, uh, the the match itself, how it'll play out, I think that'll also be another strong match. I I honestly believe the new school is going to win that match, though, James. I'm sorry. I, I think Melo is going to pin maybe a Gargano or maybe someone else, uh, you know, maybe even a Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker could get the get the pin, but especially since I believe the old school, uh, or I guess you can call them older school for uh, for the women, because Cora J don't really count. But the baby faces in that thing, I think they'll win that one, and I think the new school will have to win something at least in the way they usually put cards together. And I think this is where they they will actually win. Uh, and since this is not a title match, I don't think there's anything holding them back. To make the um, from making the new guys look strong here, so well, that's the only unfortunate thing to me. I'm going for the old school easily, but I think the new guys gonna win. Well, <laughs> do you know what? I honestly agree. With you. I think Bron Breaker is gonna get a victory, probably over Champa to catch up, uh, to yeah. you know, to make up for the title. But we don't want boring predictions here. We want Sank on the line, so <laughs> I'm gonna go <laughs> for the faces. They're gonna lose. Burial. Come on, pull out the shoot. <laughs> Peter, Johnny Gagalo, Tomasa Champa, L.A. Knight. Come on, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Pull out the shovel. And look how fast these annoying new guys got me cheering and rooting for L.A. Knight. He was despicable <laughs> a few months ago. <laughs> Just six months ago, we were talking about him being scum of the earth level. He was cockroach. He was cockroach level. <laughs> and now I love L.A. Knight. Every, you know, him... Rubbing Grayson Waller's loss in his face was hilarious to me because I was I was agreeing like yeah screw Waller. <laughs> uh, fuck By the Grayson way, they Waller all night. Did you know this? <laughs> yeah, they did. They did. That's what, I really enjoyed it. Like, but it's funny when he got right action. <laughs> <laughs> right, go back, go back. Right. <laughs> like, oh my god! By the way, you can tell they had to stop in between because they would be drenched in sweat realistically. Yeah, yeah. They'll be slipping and sliding. And like, won't be, won't be anything the else. longest fight in history. But yeah, uh, strong ending to, the, to NXT though. I, yeah. I will say. Without a doubt. Like I said, I thought it was a good opening with Waller and uh, Champa and a nice ending. Everything else in between apart from Grimes' promo. Meh. But that's kind of 2.0 yeah. at mm-hmm. the moment. Uh, weirdly enough, I, I had time for 205 Live. I, I thought it was wrong with me at one point, but it was because <laughs> of Sola Sakawa and he uh, faced Andre Chase. Oh, and this was actually a more competitive match than I was expecting. You're thinking you're going to get the four or five minute kind of match, but it's about 15 Chase. And even in the jumper, was doing a few good moves. Obviously, Sola, Solo got the win. Again, there is so much to watch. I'm not expecting anybody <laughs> to check out 205 Live, especially when it'll be on NXT. But what I want everybody to check out is NXT UK. No, not NXT UK. I'm lying to you. NXT TakeOver War Games. Get it right or not at all, because, of course, that will be our next <laughs> episode. But that is it for today, where we have done NXT UK. Go. Um, so don't forget... Of course, all social media, Twitter at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNRJR. Where can they find you, Monty, apart from weekly on the show? <laughs> <laughs> right. I was about to say, on the WNR. Uh, no, uh, at my Monty Pod on the Twitter. Please hit me up. Uh, check out my podcast. My link tree is in the bio. I usually just run through Twitter because it's simpler. 
I have other social media and I have to step up my game, but I'm mostly on Twitter. I barely have enough time for that, so bear with me. But please check out my podcast. Uh, you know, I'm, you know, I think I think I put on a good enough show for you guys, for you guys to want to listen to more of me, right? Anyway, we want uh, more Monty, <laughs> Monty, and more. Yes. That's what we want, right? Thank you. Yeah, I, I like that. Do it. Do it. Say it again. No, I'm just playing. Uh, anyway, we want money. Calm down, everybody. There's a crowd here now. You go to the back, all right? No, it's not fair. Mind of Monty on all search platforms when it comes to podcasts. And uh, you should be able to pick me up. If not, let me know. Tweet me so I can put it on there. Whatever it is. I don't care. SoundCloud. I probably don't have a sound. Either way, go. Check me out. Thank you again, James. And uh, yeah. This is fun, as always. Well, I was about to say, anybody listening to you on the podcast, of course, when you do your own stuff as well, it is different. It's not just the same kind of cut and paste, like reviews and stuff like this that we use. So, like I said, please check out Monty out. He is a vital member of the uh, WNR podcast team and the WNR also on Facebook and Instagram across all Google platforms. Send us an email at wnrpodcast.gmail.com and YouTube is on podcast for the latest clips and podcasts at the same time on YouTube as do SoundCloud on your phone. I've got a bet with Jaxi. I'll try and say this as quick as possible because I know no one's towards the end of the show. As soon as I, <laughs> I go, that's it, that's them done. But... I'm going to go fast. Also, yep. Spotify and iTunes, you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> like I said, next show, we've got more Monty. Because what do we want? Monty. Thank you, one new listener who's still listening right now, <laughs> who, who wanted to try to jot any of that down. He's going to have to slow that down, my guy. <laughs> do it do like the mine is, you know, the, the, the apple. with <laughs> it mine <laughs> Point five. I also want Spotify. <laughs> Look, it's been a long day, and some shows end better than they do. But this show's <laughs> always be fun. Like I said, more Monty, more Takeover next time round. Until then, I've been James, and I don't know if I mentioned, but Monty's been on the show today again. Thank you very much for being on. <laughs> no problem, man. Can't wait to do it again. See you. I, I guess it'll be a new year next time you guys hear us. I don't know. We'll see. It doesn't. I don't know how this works anymore. Time. When you're in a basement, guys, time doesn't exist. Anyway. Well, I'll chuck you that bread. You've earned it tonight. There's no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> but until I release Monty again, I said thanks for listening, everybody. And bye. Adios.